This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of Celtic Rooms TV, the Balls and Bottle podcast with your host, Mark, and myself, Paul. Join us on the show today. We have Barry. Iceman from the forum. The phone to the podcast is CelticLoons.co.uk where Celtic supporters discuss everything about Celtic. On the show today we will take a look take a look at the, the players that and Sand join the transfer window and we'll have a look at the squad in depth and see if it's good enough to run the title back this season. And with the transfer window closed Celtic Gospel rumours will be replaced by general Celtic news across Celtic uh, stories circling around the club, etc. Will the board now look at Ange, the, let Ange bring in his own backroom staff now that the transfer window is closed? Has Ange has the, his place in his dis- dis- disposal? And myself and Mark and Barry will discuss this in more detail as the show goes on. Firstly, though, Mark will do a few shout outs. Thanks very much, Paul. Just an honour to shout out to uh, Richie, AGG, Timoloy, uh, Young Ben, Malika, uh, Bobby, I see Bobby's in the live chat. Evening, Bobby, I hope you're feeling a bit better as well. God, the best to Mikey. Uh, Mikey's still not getting, really getting any better since COVID. Stop, can't, can hardly breathe, can hardly t- can't taste any, any sense of smell. So. Get well soon, Mikey, if you're the lads, you know, we're rooting for you, but that's but 492 subs, so that's brilliant. Thanks, everybody, at sub days. Uh, remember, if you have not, please do it, sub days. Hit the like button and leave a comment if you're not out of Thanks very much. And the motion day was held at Celtic Park yesterday. Celtic paid tribute to Blaze player John Thompson on his 90th anniversary of his death. Celtic uh, held a, a reception at Celtic Park where uh, Celtic supporters sang the George Thompson song. Celtic family have also expressed their condolence to the Steen family following the death of Jock Steen's son George last 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 week. Celtic core team lost in the SBL Trust Trophy at the weekend, losing 3-1 to Greenock. Transfer deadline signing former Q. Rangers you touched the Karen Dixon scoring on his debut. Celtic women's coach Fran Lanzo hopes to have a better season by taking the women's team to the league title this season. The Celtic women's team won victory over Aberdeen women's yesterday winning the game 4-2. On other news just released today, Celtic have made six changes to the Europa League squad, conforming uh, in 
into the squad comes Julian, Scales, Carter Vickers, Jovanovic, Jake Marcus and Yaza. Out goes Hazard, Bolongoli, Luke O'Connell, Christie, Griffiths, Edward. Sean Yogidi retained their places while Welch drops down to the B-list. So the list A continues of Barkas, Joe Hart, Scott Bay, Defenders, Christopher Julian, Craig Taylor, Carl Starfeld, Liam Scales, Karen Carter-Vickers, Zaza Yorahidi, Anthony Vassin, Joseph Yarovic and Neil Beaton. Midfielders are Yasa, Lee Barada, Ishmael Zoro, James McCarthy, Tom Roger, Liam Shaw, Cal McGregor, James Forrest, David Tongan. Up front our attackers are Georges Giamarcus, Kiago Fubuhashi, Mickey Johnson and Alvin Nayesi. The list B contains of Ryan Mullen, Owen Moffat, Luca Dembele, Dane Murray, Cameron Kenway, Stephen Welch, Una Henson, Scott Robson and Adam Montgomery. Mark, looking at the, the list, like it, it, it's kind of clear that we're going to see Ange using Liam Scales ahead of um, Montgomery here because if he's bringing him straight into list A, we can assume that he's going to be in the squad more quicker than we think. No, that's not what that means, Paul. List, the list is the day with like ages and homegrown players in that. Mm-hmm. So that's list B, so this. Uh, uh, so, like, uh, so there's certain rules and regulations towards having so many young like homegrown players in your squad. So we have to have them, yeah. Add them onto your list B. I, I think you can even add to that list, Paul. Like, even when the competition's open. I think there's maybe some wiggle room there, but that's, that's nothing to do with like, your position in the squad or anything like that. It's just you've got these criteria to fill. Well, for example, I was going to ask you next, like, what, what was list be like, stoned? It, it's homegrown players, but at least we can see that Skates is in, in it, Mark, you know what I mean? Uh, Skates is in it. Liam Shaw's still in it, you know, that's good. It's good to see just even that many youngsters in the team, in, in the squad, hopefully we'll get Again, it's a big step for them in Europe, but it's good to see they're leaving an Angie's plans for that kind of thing, Paul. Exactly, like even when they're travelling with the first team, Mark, where we, what we spoke about, it's all the experience that these lads leads and and that's what they, they need is the European experience. Not to be just playing, Mark, but be trained and being around the first team for these European experience. It just, just be, as you say, travelling with the party, doing their training, being, being with it, seeing what it means to be... Representing Celtic in other countries and things together. I mean, they're not going to get mm-hmm. called when they do get called up when they actually step into the team. Jack, uh, another team, Mark, I want to talk about. What you'd say there, you were going to say it. What? You were going to, you had a wee half an exactly out there, didn't Oh, I did, I did. Uh, was the young lads signed from us from Rangers that kind of came under the radar and it really, it really didn't really come out through any kind of Twitter feeds and that, but it's the young. The, the, Gerard spoke highly about this very advanced as Mark, saying that he reminds him of himself, he reminds him of his background, uh, he's highly regardable in the club, and it's, it, it really is a big blow for Rangers to be losing this guy, Karen Dixon, to Celtic I don't know if it's true, but I read that he was just even in and asked Rangers just to release him for his contract for personal reasons. Wow. And the Rangers agreed today, and then he's just came out and signed for Celtic, sir. You know, it's a big blow to the man who's scoring on his dead straight into the Celtic calls team Mark and uh, and scoring on scoring on his debut. You know, it's a 
it's really kind of a, a, a benefit to Celtic while, while I'm here and like for, for Celtic to kind of clean clean, 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 clean the one of Angel's youth projects but Mark we can see the difference like you know that if that was the other way around the other half of the, the city would be complaining that they signed the Celtic youth player but we don't Celtic fans don't don't kind of do that anymore do they don't they don't kind of go oh what well, we signed a, a Celtic youth player for what well, we signed the Angel's youth player we see the difference in clubs there can't you uh, just I don't think you, I don't, I, there's serious players left to join Rangers as well, Paul. I don't think at youth level it really matters that much. Mm-hmm. Alex Ray was playing. Alex Ray was at Celtic Boys Club and that. Did he? Uh, Alex Ray was at Celtic when he was young. I'm not sure. I don't know if it was like, but, but Alex Ray was at Celtic's books when he was a young boy. He definitely was. Oh, we didn't know that. Uh, do you want to bring Barry Ambrose? I'm going to. Yeah, I forgot all about him there. Yeah, just before we go, lads. Um, Barry agreed to uh, take up the women's slot within the, the podcast, so Barry will be reporting on all women's football because he watched uh, Celtic Rage last season, so Barry has accepted that role to keep an eye on the Celtic's women's, uh, SBL Women's League. So. <laughs> Are you there, Barry? Yeah, I'm here, guys. I was just saying there, Barry, that uh, you, you're taking over the women's slot of football, that you that you watched the Celtic Rangers match last season between the two women's teams and that's you're going to be reporting on the women's league. Am I going to be the, women, the women's <laughs> correspondent for the correspondent for the podcast? I'm more than happy to take that on, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, Barry, again, bud. No worries, guys. No worries at all. Pleasure. Uh, just by before we before we, we move on and we haven't talked to yourself for a while and um, the, the Rangers came past with a, with, with a defeat what was your thoughts on that game, Barry, and, and how, how teams went wrong for Celtic that, that day? You know what, Paul? I, I was more a wee bit disappointed. You know, I certainly, I must admit, I wasn't sort of down, downbeat or downheartened. Or I don't think it sort of reflected anything going forward um, as to what the, the season's going to hold. I thought, you know, the game itself, I thought we controlled the first half, certainly. Um, without really being penetrating or causing him too many problems apart from Edwards, you know, horrendous miss. Um, and the second half, I thought, they, they started the second half a bit better. Um, got the goal ahead, you know, the Achilles heel, the set piece, uh, were unable to defend it. And then after that, you know, we created two or three opportunities to take, certainly take something from the game. But, you know, overall feeling was I was a bit disappointed, but... Certainly not despondent, uh, and certainly don't think that it reflects anything, or or believe that you know we've got too much to worry about from the Rangers team. I think potentially we maybe just showed a wee, wee signs of fatigue. You know, it was a, a big couple of weeks for us in terms of you know the two Alkmaar games, and um, it maybe took a wee bit of juice out because you know previously we were used to the the the, the speed and intensity and attack, and I think that's what was missing against Rangers at Ibrox. But you know, like I say, overall. Uh, although I was disappointed with the result, uh, I think you know that, that there's, there's positive signs there, and I think now now that the transfer window is closed, I think we're really going to look to kick on. Mm-hmm. That's what most fans actually feel like, Barry. To be honest, now I mean, obviously there was a lot of angry guys immediately after the game, and that, but it's the days, the days of it on, I think everybody's kind of looked at it. Like what, what you're what you're saying, the news it was a you were disappointed, but. There was a lot of good signs here. We weren't as outplayed as we were in the season. Get, get, get them last season and things like that. And just 
right, that's done and dusted. Let's kick on and make sure that once we get in the Celtic Cup, we get three points against them then. Uh, I mean, the, the games last season, Mark, you know, we were barely in them. Mm-hmm. We were kind of dominated in every sort of aspect, you know, possession-wise, Rangers were, you know, the dominant team last season in terms of goals and chances. It seemed to be them that were really, uh, you know, on the front foot. But like I say, uh, th- that game there, I, I, there wasn't much between the teams at all. I think we were just lacking a wee bit. Like I say, I don't know if there was a wee bit uh, fatigue in there because, like I say, I mean, the games that we saw against your Dundees and uh, the St Mermer were just absolutely swamped them. It just wasn't there. But yeah, but like I say, you know, we bit disappointed in the result because we were all expecting and hoping. But I've seen enough in that performance to think that, that, that the signs are bright for going forward. Do you agree with that, Mark? Yeah? I, I, thought, I totally agree with that. Yeah, so moving on, just as I said, the transfer window is closed. We now know what Ange has uh, at his disposal. So now we're going to talk a look at every new sign that Ange made during the transfer window and likely see what we can expect for, from the new players. So we're starting from back to front. So it's Joe Hart, age 34, height 196 centimetres, uh, he's right footed. Uh, not used to a high-speed game uh, with his feet, uh, comfortable on, on one-ones, which we saw so far since he came in, uh, comfortable com- uh, coming from crosses. Experience is the key, uh, I think, what uh, Hart will bring to Celtic with such a, a young defence. Uh, I know we spoke about Hart, Hart before coming to the club, but what has impressed you so far since you, you have seen him since he's been here? Well, you know, you know what I think. We kind of touched on it before, but he's got a real presence about him, mm-hmm. Joe Hart. You know, like given the fact that you know he must be six foot five, six foot five, uh, six inches tall, but he brings so much more to the team than for me than just being a, a good solid goalkeeper, which he is. You know, we've seen that in the early part of uh, his Celtic career. He, he is a very good goalkeeper. But he, he brings a lot more. He brings that sort of... We've seen it already, the leadership qualities you know, that he's had. And, and that's due to the experience that he's had. You know, like you say, 34 years old. He's been there and done it. You know, he's played in international tournaments. He's played at the top level for a top team. So he's bringing all that level of experience and leadership. And like I say, we've seen it early, in the early part. You know, he's, in, he's in constant discussion with like the Callum McGregor. He's over at the bench uh, at mm-hmm. intervals and having chats with the team. And like you said, Paul, there, there is a lot of younger players in that team. So to have, as well as being a, a top-class goalkeeper, to have that sort of level of experience and leadership qualities is, is going to bring a massive plus point to the team. I never realised, actually, how how bulky Hart was. Just looking at him now with the, the short sleeve jersey, like like he he he's well built as well, Barry for keeper, isn't he? Like he's tough out, he's not going to be pushed off the ball easy like Barkas and Bain used to be for for corners like that. He he's willing to hold his own space, isn't he, Hart? Yeah, well you you know what he's got the he's got the height and physical presence mm-hmm. to dominate his box, and that's another thing that we've that we probably lacked in a few goalkeepers. Uh, you, you know, someone that'll come and. You know, come and take crosses, come and dominate, you know, whether they catch them, whether they punch them. It's just, it's a massive sort of plus point for a defence in the centre half, knowing that, you know, your keeper's a dominant one and he's prepared to come off his line, he's prepared to come and catch crosses and punch balls. And, and you know, that, like I say, for a, for a centre half or, you know, a full back, just any part of the Celtic defence, 
it's a real plus point knowing that you've got a dominant keeper behind you. And he's a voice as well, Paul. You know, you can see his organisation skills. He's always shouting and screaming. We've seen at Ibrox, you know, when he was trying to organise his wall and looking at him, he was shouting and screaming. You know, that again, that's going to be something that was going to be lost under a, for a couple of a keepers. But yeah, you know, for, for me, uh, I've said that before, I feel massively uh, relief knowing that Joe Hart's in the goal and, you know, was not wanting to, to, to speak to it. Mean, rather than a Ben or a Barkast, it fills me with much more confidence knowing that Joe Hart's between the sticks. Mark, would you would, uh, think Antigua like what has impressed you so far? A heart like I know it's going to be relatively the same. Like what yeah. like, has been a bit, a bit a bit of fresh air really in goals compared to to last season, hasn't he? It's a, and it's a relief to have somebody like that. And and for, even as a fan, you know, I mean, Barry's talking about how the players will feel that. But even as a fan, as I as I said, Joe Hart wouldn't have been my first choice, but I was delighted that we signed him. I'm more than mm-hmm. happy, you know. I mean, I'd. As I spoke about before, is that maybe Celtic should just go down in the future? Looking at these keepers in their 30s that are coming towards the end of their career, just to keep them two or three years. But what always impressed me as well, Mark, is that like, he makes his own decision. And, and Barry, you, you'd be this as well. Like, Hart knows when to go short and when to go long with the ball. You know, if you he, if he see defences on pressure, we actually saw Hart a few times go long instead of playing it short. Like, that, that, that's experience as well, Mark, isn't this? Yeah, it's, it's just learned that over the years. I mean, he's not the best at his, with the ball at his feet, but he's he's doing it well enough. I mean, he's not really done any real out and out blunders like that I can remember for us. Uh, well, I mean, Andrew's obviously Andrew brought him in. Andrew's obviously happy with the way he's playing. I think the fans are I mean, again. As he builds up a bit more with the defenders, for me, I'll just that's it. Like at least now, Mark. We, we we have the transfer window clause, like we can get a set of defence in front of Joe Hart as well, isn't it? I know. Mercedes having better defenders is always obviously going to help the goalkeeper. I mean, mm-hmm. goalkeepers uh, they don't have a, a lot to do during games, Paul. Do you know what I mean? They maybe only got two or three saves a game to make. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't rely on Barkas today. Yeah. That really Those three, three, three or saves, my God, goals last season, wasn't it? I fear his heart, I think you maybe can see that goal, but you can, he'll maybe he'll save the other two. Do you get what I mean? That kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Next on the list is uh, John Ellison there, Barry. I was just I was just going to say, touch on what kind of what Mark was going on there. You know, you've seen what happened away in Alkmaar. You know, obviously, he didn't cover his and glory at the first, but look at the way he responded. Mm-hmm. He pulled off some fantastic saves. Now I think again that's down to his experience because without create, you know creating a hypothetical situation, I think if Barkas makes that blunder, he just falls apart. Whereas mm-hmm. the heart really responded to that error and kept us in the tie. To be perfectly honest, he did. Yeah, that that was him uh, not letting the the blunder interfere with his game as well. Barry, yeah, a younger keeper of that, mm-hmm. like even Barkas, he said would have been right down. Oh no, I've done that. But I'm, yeah. For me, Welsh was kind of as much to it was the, the two bodies each other for that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, it was again a cave. People were on moaning, but I mean, it was again it was two crazy, crazy goals that we gave away that night that cost mm-hmm. yeah. After the two yeah. absolute balls up, they didn't play them. And you know something, Mark, as well. Sorry, I just no, very quickly. I think as well. I don't think enough has been made uh, the actual achievement to, to get through because that was a tough, tough tie. I don't think we could have got a tougher tie in that playoff. Oh. It was a tough 
Oh, I don't, you know, don't know about that, but I mean, for me as well, Barry, I said, I don't know if I've spoke to you since then, but for me, Alkmaar away, oh, over there, that was a totally different team for the one that was at Celtic. Mm-hmm. They, oh, definitely, you know, yeah, and, and you know what you can see, they're a decent side, and I think, you know, I don't, for me, not that you want to sort of cover it in glory or whatever, but I don't think enough's been made of the fact that that was a right good side that we beat Especially. and knocked out. You know, I think that the headlines we're reading weren't now a Celtic struggle on a traumatic night to get. Yeah. But here we got through the tie. We did what we wanted to do to get through the tie against a right good side. But that's it. Like that's what compared to Celtic uh, a few seasons in, in in Europe. Like we weren't able to kill off the tie and. But there we showed our resilience, Barry, to, to close this. Like, every ball was on, every player was on ball that night. Every player wanted this. Do you know? Yeah, and, that, you know? And, and see the second half performance. It was absolutely brilliant. You know, OK, I, I get it, we're backs to the wall. But like you say, Paul, when season's gone by, we would have conceded. We, could, we probably would have conceded mm-hmm. two or three. And, and the tie would have been very much over. But you know what? They stuck in. They stuck to their guns. And you know what? I was absolutely over the moon. That we managed they, to, they to get through that tie. The, the Italians won uh, the, the Euros, Barry. They won by good defenders. Good defending oh. is what the, the Italians won the Euros with. Do you know what I mean? And, and Celtic showed great defending. Every player was tracking back. Every player went in for a tackle. Players would show themselves at the ball, lefty, Barry. Like that's, that's what we, we need, and that's, that's what we haven't been saying. Like, we questioned commitment last season, do you know what I mean? But you could, like, the commitment from the players uh, against AC Amman the second leg, like, that was credits where credits due, like, you know? Definitely. And you know what? The players stood up and were counted, Paul. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're needing because, you know, everybody, and probably, you know, the fans ourselves are, well, not quick to say, but we realise that if there's a weak part in the Celtic team at the minute, it is the defence. But, you know, you've got to give them credit where credit's due, like you say, Paul. They really stood up that night and, like I say, I, don't, I just feel that maybe maybe enough wasn't made. A, 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 a tricky tie that was. And, and to get through it over the two legs, I think, was a good achievement. And I'm mm. delighted we did so. Exactly. Uh, next in the list uh, is, is Carl Starfield. Uh, some mixed reviews uh, from Celtic supporters in, uh, with Carl Starfield uh, recently. Uh, hasn't had the best of starts uh, at Celtic, but gradually started to come into games. Uh, seems to be slow to settle into the games from, from the first whistle. Uh, he's 26, he's 189 centimetres in height. Uh, he's right footed uh, in the Wash League last season. Carl uh, made the, the, the most tackles. Uh, defensive duels, 76% of the time he wins on. Air duels, 72% he wins on. Tackles to the ground, on ground, 84% he wins on. Uh, like, that's my opinion is like people are, are judging him too fast, Mark. Here, like I mean, like he, he's been called up to the the Swedish team for, for the first time since he joined Celtic. Like, like he there's a player there. He just needs to set his mark, isn't it? Yeah, spot on as well, Paul. It, just, it seems to take a bit of while to kind of switch on during the games, didn't he? I mean, mm-hmm. don't know. That's maybe I don't know. That's just something. No, Mark, they're just setting in or something like that, or. Getting used to the flow of the game or something. I just yeah, maybe even just that, you know, just right up to speed with like the speed of the game in Scotland or anything, or the way we play, something like that. But I mean there's def- obviously a player there, you just know hot the ground as well as some of our other new signings, but I mean again, 
are we going to start questioning Angie's signings after half a dozen, ten games? Mm-hmm. Like that? And I he's made a few blunders. That one goal was, uh, was wild, that. But, I mean, it can, it can happen to anybody in a game of football. We've seen it. But that'll be on bloopers. That will be on blooper reels for years to come, that one. But I don't doubt. I'm not, I mean, I'm not writing them off. Just need time to settle in. You don't play with Sweden. You don't play with Ern Russia and things like that. I'm not a good defender. So I'm, I'm quite confident Starfield will come good. Barry, do you want to come in with Starfield? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I've got to agree with you guys. You know, I think I think with Starfield, he was kind of pitched right in there. You know, at, at the Hearts game, first game of the season, he was thrown right in after you know getting beat against Mitchell and. Uh, was a very very young back four that finished the game. So I think Starfelt was, you know, thrown in there and expected to be this, you know, big colossus that was going to solve all the defensive problems, which was probably a bit unfair on him, you know, because some players do need a bit of time to do that. But uh, from, from what I've seen of, of Starfelt, I think he's, you know, he's a sort of big aggressive physical centre half. Maybe not, you know, overly comfortable with the ball at his feet uh, at this moment in time. But, you know, for me, like you, Paul and Mark, I've seen enough of Starfield to think that there's a player there. And once he settles down and, you know, really sort of settles into the team, I think I think we're going to get a right good player. That's just my own personal <laughs> thought. Mark, like, started coming into the ball. It was actually Starfield was getting his head to him and people kind of haven't kind of, kind of seen that. Have they? Like, you know, it was him who was getting his head to the ball first between all of the auto defenders Starfield was. I, 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 I mean, see the thing about it, Paul, if you're, you're a wee bit shaky that people will only see that. Do you know what I mean? All those sees, like, yeah. the mistake that he made. But, I mean, again, I mean, see for his fault, even though people were saying, like, he was a bit iffy against Hearts and things like that, I wrote it up, but he kept getting, having to go across to cover Taylor. That was one of the problems there. But, I mean, I'm sure Buzz would be able to back up. He's some of his stats for the first few games were like some of the safer passes and tackles completed and stuff like that. It was some of it was like the top of the team. So it was, he, start, he was doing a decent enough job like that side of ways, but again, you, there was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I, it'll come in time. It's just he needs to settle his nerves. I mean, that, that's, I don't know, was he, was he away with Sweden there, Paul? Yeah, he came out at the, the weekend. Daddy, I oh well. Yeah, he came on the weekend and like like Sweden Mark always had good defenders, like and they didn't they don't need to be on the legs of Carl Benfeld with the the team Sweden have. Do you know what I mean? So like it's a big boost for, for Celtic that our players are actually getting caught up to international duty, Mark. I mean that they don't have to go play in other leagues to get caught up to international duty that Celtic can give them that opportunity, don't like was it was the Fraser Foster that left because he thought he'd never get back, he never wouldn't get into it, and he just fell apart when he went down to England that time? Gary Cooper was the same, wasn't he? But it's a bit different to break into that English squad if you're playing up in Scotland or anything, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? To getting into the Swedish squad. But I mean, again, but it's still a good achievement for him because, yeah. I mean, the rest of the Swedish squad, most of them will be playing over in Europe or down in England, so. I mean, it's exactly. a good achievement for him to get back involved. Uh, next up was um, our deadline day signing, uh, Cameron Carter Vickers. Uh, a loan signing with an option to buy. Uh, it's, like, I just want to point out, like this wasn't uh, a panic signing, Mark, because we've done at the the last minute. Like Celtic approached Tottenham all on during the day for a loan. Tottenham didn't want the loan; they wanted to sell him. Right. Celtic didn't want that option, so then they put in the 
Tottenham came back to Celtic, right, we'll take this this loan to buy. Uh, at 23 years of age, uh, he's been at Spurs since he was 16, never really got a proper a run in, in games, uh, has been loaned out to previous clubs uh, during his career. Uh, same size as uh, Heist as Starfeld. Defensive Jules, not, not really great, 67%. Air Jules is 65%. Tackles on the floor or like, on the feet is 78%. Seems to be more comfortable uh, with the ball on his feet. Doesn't like to, to run into the opposition half mark because he doesn't have that pace that we to, to get back. Do you know? But well, you're right. It, 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 right you're yeah, yeah. So he's, he's not that mark. He, he's more comfortable. He'll stay in the position mark and, and he'll control his position. Now, a lot of people are questioning this is because he's never really settled into the, the Spurs market and he's always been kind of loaned out but Newcastle tried to sign him uh, on deadline day uh, Torino over in Italy tried to sign him on deadline day he turned them down Bournemouth tried to sign him in January they turned him down so there's a player in there Mark and I think he just needs a settled club to, to really settle down and get, and, and get his career going like he's, he's only 23 like he's still a young lad Mark so we need centre-backs, Mark. We, we were looking for centre-backs. So, like, we don't know much about him. We, we have to give him the chance. But I think uh, he could form a good partnership with Sink because he's a big lad as well, Mark, you know? Right, well, there's a bit of kind of mixed... Mm-hmm. When there's some people were saying that he was not too much, other people said that he was a good signing and things like that. But, well, I spoke, I said before, I'd be maybe a lone player coming in for just... Exactly. Julian being out injured now, but I'd, I'd maybe have read up somebody experienced, but maybe Angie's quite happy to bring this guy on and sees a player in him and he's going to help, you know what I mean, help progress him. And if it turns out, I mean, hopefully we do we actually buy the lad if it's going to work out for him. But I've even seen Kenny Douglas talking about him and things like that and saying he's got yeah. an attitude and things. Like, maybe he's just needing that kind of, you know what I mean, a wee, a wee arm around the shoulder kind of boss to. Bring out, I think bring so. Based on a bit of confidence, so the lad a bit of confidence in him. I think that's true. What, what Marcus said there about he needs something to show confidence in him because he hasn't really been getting like Alvera and, and, and Vatongan really had the spars back like for the for the last couple of years. Do you know what I mean that you want going to kind of shift them? You know, and he was never given the opportunity. And I think Celtic is the, the ideal ideal club for him, Barry. That. He could settle down at Celtic, and he wanted to come to Celtic himself. Like he turned down Newcastle, he turned down Torino, he turned down another approach by Bournemouth to go to Bournemouth, you know, because he was on Bournemouth last season, and he actually played very well with Bournemouth last season, you know. Yeah, you know something. I'm really, really happy with this signing. I really am. First and foremost, I, I did believe we needed another centre half because, as it stands right now, we're kind of one injury away from near beat on being back mm-hmm. in the back line. But particularly the fact that it was Cameron Vithers, I know some people have come out and said it and put sort of negative slants on it. I'm looking at it from the other side. I think from what I've seen of him, he looks like a right good sort of aggressive yeah. uh, defender. And that's what we, he's got a real physical presence. Um, now, a lot of the Tottenham, like I think Vertonghen and Alderweilder both came out praising, and, and not since he's moved to Celtic previously, saying, you know, what a sort of young talent he is. And I think Pochettino as well had kind of said, you know, you know that this guy, I think he'd mentioned something about taking part in training, and every time he did, 
Cameron Victor smashed him, you know, he's a real sort of physical presence. I think from looking at his highlights, which all fans do when they sign a player, don't they? He does look like he's a ball player, so he'll fit right into Andrew's style. He, he loves the ball his feet, yeah. Yeah, he, he really does. And you know what you mentioned there about, you know, his pace? From what I've seen, he doesn't look like he's overly slow. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about sort of blistering pace, but he looks like he can get about the pitch, you know. Uh, and I, I've seen sort of supporters and other people say, you know, oh, this is a guy that's, you know, just goes from loan to loan to loan. He can't get in that Tottenham team. But I think what we've got to remember is there's not many young players do break through at Tottenham. You know, I they've think they've that's the... Yeah, yeah. yeah they've, they've got... They're in a position or, you know, they go out and sign a lot of players. You know, they've got that EPL money um, whereby if they're needing to cover... A centre half, for example, they'll not. The likelihood is they'll not bring in a, a Carter Vickers or another young player at Tottenham. They can go out and sign a player from the Spanish league, the French league, the Dutch league. That's the way they tend to do things. So I don't really look upon it the fact that he's not broken into the Tottenham team as a negative slant. I'm a, I think that I think this could be a, a sign that goes under I, the radar, uh, and I'm absolutely delighted that we've managed to get him the door. About, about Tottenham, and I watched the, the Premier League as well. Like, and, and I can't remember the last time a youth player actually broke into the Tottenham team, and, and and that's going back a long, long time. I actually can't remember. Yeah. I've seen some players coming in for one or two games, but there was never a young yeah. player that really that came in and settled into that squad. You know. Well, they talked about uh, Harry Winks, didn't they? They said, "Oh, this is this yeah. new and yes, that." And I don't think he gets. I don't even know if he gets any squad in the squad or much game time at all. And this was the guy that they had as the wonder kid, you know. So it just goes to show you, it's not easy to break into these teams. But I, I'm absolutely delighted we're gone. Well, you mentioned earlier it's, it's a loan with an option to buy, which it has been recorded. But unless uh, I'm mistaken, or somebody else might be able on the live chat maybe be able to look into that, I'm sure this is last year's contract. So, no, you know, we, see what happens. Typically, what Mark was saying, they treated they treated another year. Ah, right. But they made him sign on the contract before he left because uh, a non a, a Dutch club came in for him. Uh-huh. Uh, and they didn't like him. Last year when he went and yeah. extended by a year, so that they're right. Yeah. Right. So getting a fee for him. Fair enough. It's often the case. Yeah. I must show you as well, but the Spurs day actually quite rate the guy. I mean, for what I've heard, as I said on the forum, he's meant to be seen a half million pound. We've paid a million pounds for the loan fee, and if we take that up, we'll get the million pound knocked off the, the three and a half million. But Spurs, I mean, I know it's not a lot of money, but Spurs could have just said, "Look, son, on, on you go. You're a free. Go and sign yeah. what you want." I mean, for them to keep. Spurs have, know there's money to be made off of Matthew. Maybe find that is. Maybe it's somebody they will sell on fee. A clot. They want. They'll get a clot. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's the three, three and a half million. Take off your million, but we want a. Sell-on clause involved in it. Maybe they know that this guy's going to. There's a good chance this guy's going to be a player. And if a Celtic getting him for say three and a half million, you'll maybe play Celtic for two or three years and go for like your fifteen million. Do you know what I mean? Go for mm-hmm. the money. So maybe that's why Spurs have been kind of so adamant and keeping them like signed on their books. Because the, otherwise, it really doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, next on the list, we have. Um Liam Scales, uh, a controversial signing by, by Celtic supporters because of his transfer fee. But this, as I said in previous podcast to Barry and Mark, this is a, a League of Ireland record transfer of €600,000. Uh, Liam Scales signed for Celtic from Shamrock Rovers, 23 years of age, high, high, 
193 centimetres, which is 6 foot 4. Defensive jewels, he went 73%. Air jewels, he went 77%. Tackles, he went 76%. Left footed, very fast in acceleration from a, a non stop position. Uh, mostly plays left wing back. Uh, passing with the ball, very comfortable. Comfortable with the ball on his feet. Suits Andrew's style. He's able to get up and down the rings. Uh, with, with his feet, something that lacked in, in Taylor this season. Uh, I personally think he's going to overtake Taylor uh, in, in the left wing back. And there was a lot of questions saying, is he going to play centre-back or is he going to play on the left-hand side? But I think with Celtic signing Vickers, that well, we're no more likely going to see Scales pushed over to the left-hand side and he's going to be uh, on left-hand side signing. Mark, like, you're going on what I'm saying, like, and I'm saying, like, it's, a, it's going to be a dead open, but he will, with Ange's experience, he's going to need some training sessions, but I think he will become the, the number one left, left-handed left side player. I, I think he'd definitely overtake Taylor anyway, without doubt. Uh, I don't think there's any question about him overtaking Taylor, but I don't, I'm pretty, I'm be honest, Paul, I'm not going to tie him down and say the left back, because I think it'll, if we need, if we, see, we're talking about how Barry seen we've won injured away from Beaton being back. That's what impressed uh, Andrew then, because we first time, yeah, yeah. Juggle back team to Ralston, right back, Juranovic, left back, and sc- uh, Scales and somebody else in the middle. Well, well, I tell you the story, like, because like, well, I put up with the format in North Barry, saw it, like, he started his career at centre-back with, uh, with UCD. And when he moved to Shamrock Rovers, he was eventually signed as a centre-back. But there was injuries then to the, on the left-back uh, left position, Barry, and Shamrock Rovers couldn't believe the, the speed and the ball control of Scales. So they kept him in that position, and that's how he actually formed the, the, the left-wing-back list, because of his speed and, and his ball control, you know? Yeah, that just goes to show you, you know, some, sometimes the way your football career can can go. You know, if if there hadn't been injuries, you know, you might never have gone to play yeah. that position. You might never got a move to Celtic. But you know, like you guys have said, this is a guy that's obviously identified. And from what I'm led to believe and being told, Ange is heavily involved in every signing that that we are making. Uh, I've actually been told as well. He actually vetoed a couple of signings that the club had lined up for him. Which I'm kind of glad I didn't get any names. But I got told that there were two players that, that the club had lined up from Ange, and he said no. Uh, and I'm kind of... <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, I would, mind you, maybe that was for his coaching staff. But, uh, but uh, you know what, if that's because I'm glad, you know, because that, that to me tells you that this is a manager that's, you know, happy to, to, to make these decisions. And he's obviously a, 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 a been part of it, uh, the, the Liam Scales and negotiations and bringing him into the club and like I say, we'll see what happens. I don't know too much about scales, but you know, it's great that the guys came over. Any, you know, I, I, anything you want to know, Barry, Paul will know it. Paul, like the, the problem, Mark, is no man's going on with this guy. The, the problem with, with with Celtic fans, Mark, is is um, is his transfer fee because it's only six hundred thousand euros. Uh, and that's the problem with Celtic fans that they didn't go and buy uh, a left back for three or four million. Do you get me? Like this fella's better than Bangori. This fella's better than Taylor. 
I thought he was definitely one of the plus points to that game. But again, for me, a really good bit of business by the club to, to get a player of that calibre in for, for a decent price, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Mark, I think the best thing about the Ivanovic as well that we actually, because we questioned, uh, and it was actually Mickey that pointed so out that he would throw him over on the left wing, you know, and, and see how he does there. Like We can clearly see now that he's an option at left back as well, that he can play that position, can't he? And, you know, like we have versatile players now within our back, our back line. Well, you know, I, was, I'm, I totally agree with Barry. I think he's been. I thought he's a great game. I was, I was, I was really impressed with him in the Rangers game. I think he's been like, even gone with that game. Do you get what? We know that's going to be a good bit of business. And I mean, if you if Celtic can the same time and we knew they played back, you wouldn't have known that. Do you get what I mean? You wouldn't have known he was playing out of position in that game. Yeah. And that's, I've spoke about that before. That's a sign of a good player. No, a, a player that I've said as well should a full back be able to switch her and like adapt to either. They're basically just doing the same job on the opposite side of the park. But if that's where he's playing at left back, I can't wait to see him at right back. Now, even his distribution, uh, Barry, with crosses and stuff like that, like he, he was giving some great crosses as well, weren't he? Like he, he can play the decent passes well into the box, can't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean, his, his distribution in that I thought was very good. And like you say, it's an unnatural position for him. But when you've got a player at that level, a player of that quality, mm-hmm. international fullback, they can slot into to sort of any part of the defence. And I think, like you said, Juranovic showed that on uh, a week past Sunday there, but when he, he slotted seamlessly into the left back position, I don't think he looked out of place at all. I thought he was like to say one of our definitely better performance. I mean, I do believe, I do believe he will play right back. I do believe he has been brought in to take that position and we will see him there. But, you know, if it's a case, if we're to go into the next game with Ralston at right back and Juranovic at left back, I'd have no problems with that at all. Mm -hmm. I thought it definitely worked at Ibrox. Uh, Next up, we have uh, Odario Ahidi, a young lad, uh, age age of 20, he's a hundred said we sent it back. Hasn't really featured uh, so far since pre-season. Uh, very high defensive involvement. Um, his his uh, tackle rate is, is just below average at 65%. Uh, they're saying he loses possession a lot. But look, I've been impressed with him uh, during pre-season when I saw him. He was playing at right back. He played a bit in centre back. But at the moment, he looked, looked like kind of still needs to settle in. Uh, more of a project signing Barry, I think he is, you know. Yeah, I think so, Paul. I th- like yourself, I, uh, I I I watched him quite closely in pre season, and it was relatively impressive. I think he's he's a big presence. Mm-hmm. He's a big lad, uh, very physical. I watched him in the game against uh, Bristol City. I think it was the game that I watched him, and like that, very very physical. You know, he, he like he liked that side of the game. He liked to mix it up, very strong, strong on the ball. Uh, but I kind of agree with you. I think he'll probably be in and around the squad. He might, you know, you might see him making an appearance in the Cups. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, I think he's made the bench a few times recently. He but played in the, the Colts League as well yesterday. There are different rules in the in the, the Colts Cups that players from the first team can actually drop down and play after not getting matched up. Like himself and... Uh, Shaw actually played in the, the game on, on, on Saturday against uh, Greenock Morton with and they so they're and just still trying to give him 
football, I think. I think they're just trying to find their feet at the club. Right? But as I think they're, they're more for the future and they'd be kind of involved in, in courts, uh, League Cups and, and the first team squad as well. I think that's the plan for them this season so far anyway.
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You there, Barry? Sorry, Paul. Lost you there for yeah, the time. I was just saying that sorry, James like McCarthy yeah, would, would actually have a big influence, I think, on, on, on Shaw, how we couldn't up his game and when to go for tackles and, and when not to go for tackles. I think McCarthy would show him the ropes there. Uh, you know what I think? It's probably spawning. You know, it's, it's a great sort of role model for yeah. him to have there. You know, a young, young up-and-coming midfielder to have the experience. And I think they're potentially similar, similar in style. So there's no doubt for me that James McCarthy would be able to bring Liam Shaw's game on. I would agree with that. Uh, next up is another our next known signing and our second known signing uh, is uh, young Yasha, uh, Portuguese, uh, under 21, 22 years of age. Uh, he's a left winger. Yasha is a, a really young, exciting, very good in one-on-one situations. Final ball still needs improvement. Walk race is very fast. Uh, really doesn't like to track back. Uh, his position in the final card still needs tweaking. Uh, but I think with Ange, he can, with, with Ange's style of player, how he progresses, uh, young players mark that. Ange will be the ideal manager for Yasser, but we were saying, like, what about paying for him in the loan field? Could we have signed maybe Laverich there? But I think the way Ange's going with signings, that maybe he wanted Yasser. I'm no, that's the one transfer I'm not 100% convinced with you, be honest, Paul. Just that, I mean, again, all But there's too many, Mark, there's, there's too many there. He's not that great. Yes, at this, he's not that great. Yes, at that, do you know what I mean? Is he going you to know? come in and claim that, look, a left wing position? Is he, going to, is he good enough to come in and claim that as he's in position? I, I don't know, to be honest. Right. I thought it was, a, I, thought, I, I thought that was a bit of an odd one. Because... When when we have like the James Forrest fits, I think we're going to need to see Abigail or Forrest kind of moving on to that side of the pitch now that Christie's gone. You know, and is he going to dislodge Forrest there? But I, 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 I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're saying constantly like that we want Lord signs to be better than what's there. And at the moment, look at all his stats and stuff like that and his final ball, it's poor. You know, it is it is a strange one for me. But look, we're, we're now here to judge him. We're here to just go through the stats. And, and if they prove us long, Mac, oh, I hope he that, that's good enough. Do you I know what I mean? He does prove I'm not. I mean, I'm not writing him off. I'm just saying I thought... I thought no, that's what I'm saying. If you see all the signs we did, like, it's, it's the strangest yeah. one. Like, you know what I mean? You know, because, like, at 22, Barry, you really think that he should be nearly a bit better on his final ball. But his final ball is supposed to be really poor. He doesn't like to track back. And... He doesn't really suit the Ange style of play. Like, fair enough, he's a good dribbler and he loves dribbling, he loves one with the balls, but Ange wants the ball too fast moving as well, you know, and he's not good at passing that much, you know. 
Yeah, well, I mean, like you guys, uh, I didn't I didn't know too much about Yota, um, apart from what what I saw on YouTube and, and read up about him. But you know, probably more than anything, I take uh, I take comfort for the fact that this is a player that Ange just went inside and I trust him. I trust yeah. him and believe in the manager. And this is obviously a player you know we've been linked with a lot of left sided players. This is the one that we've brought in. So for me, that tells me this is the one that Ange wanted. And it could be a case of he has to adapt to Ange Ball, but I don't think Ange would have brought him in if he didn't believe that he was capable of doing that. And I, what I do like about it, along with Cameron Vickers, we've uh, implemented the option to buy. So, so no matter what happens, there's a price there at the end of it. So if Yota comes in as an absolute sensation, like we all hope he's going to be, We've got a, a figure there whereby that, that can't be renegotiated. You know, we we have the option to yeah. that one permanent. Along with Cameron, but these are ones that I like. I like that element, you know, because we've been stung in the past before where we've bought players in and, and they've done fantastically well, but there was never that option there at the end of the the contract to make it a permanent signing, and, and we've lost players, etc. So he's one that he, probably like yourself, Mark. He's out, out of all the things, he's one that. I wasn't overly excited about, but at the same time, like certainly not writing the guy off. We'll, we'll, we'll hope that he comes in, hits the ground running. He might surprise us all. But like I say, I take solace with the fact that this is a guy that Ange has identified. Because like I say, we've been linked to a lot of left-sided wingers, Lovrich being one of them, amongst others. But th- this is the one we've gone for. So for me, that tells me this is the one that Ange wanted. That's uh, it. And I'll I'll go with that. I'm happy. I with remember very. Mac, you pointed this out to me as well. That's what you liked about the way and speaks to the press. They said, uh, uh, "Are you linked with this player? Are you linked with that player?" And he goes, "I'm not going to say that because I'm linked with three or four players. I'm not going to tell you who's number one." Maybe Yasser could have been ahead of Lovridge. That maybe he Ange think maybe thought that because of his pace, he suited him more. We don't know where it went from Lovridge to Yasser. Do you know what I mean? You know. Again, Paul, what we spoke about, but sometimes the transfers, the stars, are, the stars align, and other times mm-hmm. you just you can't get you can't get the transfer over the line for one reason or another. Yeah, I, I think that's the best thing about it too. Like Barry said, like the option to buy is there. For if he walks out, we have the set price to buy him. That it can't be renegotiated. And if it doesn't, we can just have a clean slate, Mark, and look at that position then for next season or maybe in January if it doesn't work out you know um, next up is uh, James McCarthy experience was the key for Andrew this transfer window uh, with such a young team and uh, Andrew turned to Irish international James McCarthy on the free transfer age uh, still only 30 and experience no nonsense midfielder McCarthy will bring a toughness needed to the midfield area great cross of the ball uh, not much fit at the moment, Joe. Too uh, not not a proper pre-season because he he, he was left uh, released from his contract with, with Crystal Palace and has been trained on his own. Um, a lot of people are saying that he's either declared to replace replace Scott Brown. Second, I'm just get my page. Uh, loads of people have come out and said uh, McCarthy is too slow to be playing in Andrew's uh, style. Uh, this this seems to be. Mixed views, Mark, and some people came up that this is just another Des- David Desmond Irish connection signing. Mark, I wanted to come to you on, on this first because you know James McCarthy, you've tracked him through his whole career, and he was one signing that really impressed yourself this season, McCarthy. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm, I'm delighted for the lad himself. He's actually at Celtic new after all these years, Paul. Got to get into the reasons why he never before and things like that. But uh, he's no fit. He's no, we know that. No, it's just up to his fitness. But McCarthy will be a great player for Celtic. He could play for the years down in England. Do you get what I mean? He's mm-hmm. internationalist. We're talking about the experience Joe Hart will bring into the team and that. McCarthy's a he's a He's a kind. He's a quiet kind of guy. That he's, he's like a model kind of professional. He's got a training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, 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 see what you're talking about, like Liam Shaw, not just him, but see like Joe Hart, McCarthy. They'll be telling these young players and that. Look, like, what you need to watch your diet and just and just, do you know what I mean? To, to, mm-hmm. That kind of advice to young players, telling them how to become better players, how to look after themselves better, to prolong their career. Now. And even like. Not just even on the park and that James McCarthy will bosses he'll David Scott Brown done for years up here, he'll boss every midfield the game he plays in. I've no So the two last games, Mark, uh, we were crying out for McCarthy be to be involved in these two games was the the second leg of uh AMC Agra and the Rangers game. That's where we need a player like McCarthy in those games that'll be the toughness into that midfield game because we are still like without him, Mark. Yeah, we're, we're like without him. A bit of muscle, a bit of tenacity about the midfield and that would make all the difference. And McCarthy's the ideal guy to bring that to the team. I mean, we know that ourselves, Paul. We've all, we've all watched him for years playing with Ireland and even playing with Everton and things like that. We know, what type, we know exactly what type of player we're getting. Like a lonely turkey, Barry, you think he's been around for years. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've been here at McCarthy for years, you know, like, and it's hard to believe that he's still only 30, because he's still in his prime, really, isn't he? He's playing in Naki's first team when he was, I'm sure he was only 15. Yeah, you know what, guys? Barry, do you want to come in there? I, I, I'm, I'm buzzing about this signing, and I must admit, I'll hold my hands up. Out of every signing we've made, I think there's been 12 or 30, this is the one that really got me going, because I, I'm a massive admirer of James McCarthy. I honestly think he's a terrific player. Uh, you know, he's been linked, like you guys have touched on, he's been linked with the club for probably, well, I know way back when he was first breaking through, he was linked with a move and it didn't didn't happen. And ever since, you know, when he's fallen to be out of favour at Everton and what have you, he's been linked with us. And for me, we've finally got this player. I just think he's an absolutely terrific player. Kind of what Mark said earlier, you know, he's not he's not match fit yet and that's that's the problem. I mean, you could run about all day. He never had a club at the start of the season and he was telling himself that that's what modern day professionals do, that they keep themselves super fit. But unless you're playing matches, you'll never get match fit. And that's what that, that's all it is with McCarthy. He's just not had the game time. He never had any games in pre-season. He's only had a few minutes here and there uh, in the two games that he's played so far for the season. But for me, once James McCarthy is up and running, I think he's going to be a sensation for Celtic. I don't buy into the fact he's too slow. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's just he, he's a terrific midfielder. He's a right good player. And uh, I'm absolutely buzzing, delighted. Intelligence, see, you may be no be the kind of quickest pace-wise, but he's actually like reading the game, his intelligence more than makes yeah. for that, Barry, didn't it? Yeah, his brain, man. Uh, uh, intelligence, don't you? You only need to look. You only need to look at sort of videos of him at previous clubs. It's, it's like exactly like you said. He's maybe not going to sprint and, and match a fast winger. Uh, you know, 
pace for pace over 30, 40 hours. But like you say, he takes up a position whereby if this guy breaks, I'm going to be there to meet him. And that's a football in brain. And that's what he's got. Like I say, guys, I'm buzzing about this signing out. Because yeah. I just hope that he gets up and running soon and we see him in that Celtic team because I think he'll make a massive difference for us. Because, Mark, you look at it. It's meant to be him and Forrester ready to be once in. We come to that. Right. But we're looking at Mark, right? So we're looking at McCarthy sitting back, right? And, and that, that's going to let Ange play the way he wants to play in letting McGregor move into the move up more century forward with uh, Tomlin in the middle, right? So, and then we're going to have Avida, uh, we'll have the, maybe the Greek lad and Kyogo, right? They're all going to be moving. So they need someone who's going to be able to pass the ball uh, and see the space. And that's where McCarthy's intelligence comes into the game, that he'll be able to spot where this player is going to go and he'll put the ball there. That's what McCarthy will bring to the club. He'll open up that space that needs to be opened up with the ball. Because we don't have that at the moment. Like I know McGuire has been in there, but he's not that type of player, Mark. Do you know what I mean? Callum McGregor. You know what I mean? He's not that type of player that needs would we sit back and, and can read the game. McGregor needs to be up top of, do you know what I mean? Well McGregor needs to be he needs to be controlling the controlled the, the pace that we play at. I've said that said it for the last few seasons once Bruins legs were starting to show. McGregor's you know what I mean, McCarthy's there to do the dirty work and get the ball and get then get to let McGregor pull get to him, let him pull the strings. This idea as well, Paul McCarthy's just going to sit back and cover that type of player. I mean he will he'll still do the box to box job. Mm-hmm. He'd press Mark, he'd press on the top. McCarthy was but it's, it's, see, Turnbull's, a, I know he's played well and he scored a few, a few goals in that, but again, Turnbull's just a bit a bit powder puff for me, you know. That's where, in in the Rangers game as well, Barry, we, we didn't have no one in the midfield that could play the tackle, and that's where McCarthy will come in. He'd be able to put in these tackles. And, and like, he won't be bullied either. I mean, like, in some parts I thought, like, Davis should have never been able to control that midfield area last Sunday during his age. McCarthy would would change all that as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, I, I, th- I think you're right, Paul. I think what was kind of a bit noticeable against him, there was no real steel in the middle of the park. Like mm-hmm. you say, there was nobody willing to sort of put put in a tackle, you know, put their foot on the ball. And, and with with the Rangers midfield, you know what you're going to get. You know, they are not downplaying, they're not saying they're not good players, but, you know, Davis and Kamara, they're just, they get about the park to close him down and I think like Mark was right you know I'm a big fan of Turnbull but I think he needs to sort of sharpen up in these games you know I think that sometimes he's, he dwells on the ball a wee bit too much and against good teams and higher teams they're going to take the ball off you they're going to pick you off um, but yeah I mean McCarthy I mean for me he's just going to bring a wealth experience. I was kind of saying to my mate you know he says where do you think McCarthy I says you know what I think you know McCarthy and M- McGregor together they, they could hopefully form a sort of McStay Grant sort of partnership in the centre of the park, I, I think they could complement each other. I really do, and I think like 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 you say, Matt McCarthy, he's he's not a sitting midfield. McCarthy will get his backside forward. There's no doubt about it. But I think also as well, we're having this sort of insurance of McCarthy in beside him. That for me again will allow McGregor to yeah. him a bit and get get himself forward and get himself opportunities because we know how good McGregor is when he goes. But the, the two of them in there, that that's something that really excites me. To be perfectly honest, I think that's where. Where we haven't seen McGregor because he's actually slotting into that area of the pitch where Scott Brown used to play, and McGregor's trying to do that kind of cover-up job. And we really need we need him up the field because 
just even get back to the game at Ibrox, uh, Paul. I mean, mm-hmm. James McCarthy was in the, in the Celtic team. Look at the runs that Ryan Kent was making right through the middle. Many times. He would have got that, yeah. He's no, he ma- he's no making the runs with James McCarthy in the team. McCarthy would have the intelligence mark that knows that Kent is running the ball every time and he would have stopped giving me maybe his second run, third run. Kent wouldn't have got that anymore because that's where, that, that's really Rangers' strongest point, Dennis Mark, is that Kent seems to get the ball through on midfield so easily, not just this season, but the last two, three seasons, Mark, it's been happening too long. St. Paul, we've, we've yeah. gone like two men up against three men. Yeah. Yeah, you've got what Barry's talking about, Davis and that Kamara. I mean, that Kamara's a big so He's a thought he had a great game against us, to be honest, Paul. Mm-hmm. But big physical guys. So, those two guys are up against Davis and Kamara, and it's just letting Kent stroll away, yeah. get right through the middle, is time and time again. And you know what, Mark? There's nothing too fancy about uh, Davis and Kamara. But they're effective in what they do. Aye. Like that Kamara, he breaks up the play and he gives it to the players that that that'll do, you know, that'll attack it. There's nothing to, there's nothing too difficult to his game. It's just a simple process. Breaking up the play, dispossessing the opposition, giving it to the forward players. It's it's a simple thing. And like I say, but a hundred percent agree with you. You know, McCarthy's reading of the game would have stopped these balls into Ryan Kent and then Aribo and these guys breaking forward. That's the type of player he is. He reads the game very, very well. Uh Next in the list is um, our 90 old Israeli signing Lee Labida. Uh, Two footed player can play at left wing or right wing, but mostly since this, since he came to his Celtic, he started his career in the right wing. Uh, with lightning speed, has the confidence in his own ability to take on players and, and run with the ball. Gifted with, with, with dribbling, uh, chips in with the goals uh, here and there as well. Uh, very Good at creating chances for other players. Uh, likes making space uh, for other players. Barry, I cut you because uh, in previous podcasts with us, uh, you were very impressed with how young this lad is and, and the confidence that he has. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of myself when I was younger, to be honest, Paul. That's <laughs> probably the best of company first. <laughs> um, no, listen, you know what? A, a right good player, a badder. Very, very impressed. Like I say, it could have been easy for, for uh, him to come into the Celtic team and, you know, be a bit part player. But he's not. He's come in and Ange's trusted him and he's put him right in and he's repaid him immediately. You know, like I say, there's a really good... Uh, a really good attacking threat. You know, uh, you know what? He's a bit of a throwback winger, to be perfectly honest with you, Paul. Actually, you know, just a guy that wants to get the ball, I've said it before, and just run at the defender. I, I, an absolute nightmare mm-hmm. right, uh, the sort of the fullback. But as well, I think there's, there's an intelligent player in there as well because you see the positions he takes up. That's what's getting him the goals that he's scoring. He's, he's recognising, you know, where where the danger is and where he should be taking up his position. And on the back of it, I think he's got maybe four goals already and he's got a good few assists as well. But a player that's really, really impressed me from the early part of uh, his Celtic career. And I think, like again, a 19-year-old, he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better and better. And I think we've got an absolute superstar on our hands. He benefit too, I think, and, and flying off and just jumping back to James, James McCarthy. But what you said there, Barry, like that, he never stops and, and he likes to, to move into space and stuff like that. And, and with McCarthy's intelligence, McCarthy will be able to find him with the ball. So I think 
that's where he was kind of isolated in the game, that, that he was making the runs uh, in the Rangers game, and there was actually no one there that actually could find him with the ball, and that's why I think he wasn't kind of in the game against Rangers. We, we didn't have one that could read the game and, and see where players were, were moving. I, I think he'll benefit as well from a McCarthy-type player in the team. Sorry, Barry. If you're getting dominated in midfield, Paul, your wingers are yeah, not get exactly. I mean, they're not just not going to get the service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a difficult game for, for a bad object. But another thing I really like about this kid is he doesn't just want the ball at the feet. You know, a lot of sort of your modern demons, they want the ball at the feet and then they do the, he's willing to do the donkey work. He's willing to make runs in behind. And as a result, you know what? We've picked up a good few goals on the back of it. Because he, like I say, he just doesn't want the ball played in his feet looking on. He's willing to take that defender on with pace without the ball. And as we've seen, there's been a couple of times that, you know, that defence split and pass and he's won penalties, he's set up goals for other people. Uh, you know, he, he, he's got a bit of everything for me, a, a bad day. He's really hit the ground running and he's set a career. And like I say, long may that continue. Mm-hmm. Mark only 19 years of age. Uh, his confidence is, is, is like a... Like a 30-year-old player in his prime or something like that, isn't this? Totally agree with Barry. I'm I'm really excited with, our, with what I've seen for our bad like just so far, even, Paul. I think, uh, just, just, just echo what Barry said about him. He's just really, he seems to have a bit of everything and he's just going to get better. It's, it's just even the weeks going. He gets becomes even more more mm-hmm. than the team. The team becomes more settled than itself, but I'm really, really excited with the sign of Abada. Uh, next on the list, uh, uh, a bit of a small bit of a song here. Uh, he was speaking Japan, but now he's speaking Glasgow. Uh, the man from Japan, uh, he's actually set in the league of life. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, Kyogre has been he's been scoring goals in kind of most games he's been playing. Uh, he's been fantastic to watch. Uh, loves to move around. Uh, I didn't write much about him because he made such an impression. So that I'm just going to come to you, Mark Kyogre. Oh, probably the shining light of the transfer window so far, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Look, it just, it just seems to come into the team and played as if he'd been playing there for years, Paul. Mm-hmm. I've just I've spoke about him that much. I've not really got anything, anything left to say about him, but another, another really, really good signing. Really excited for again once the team gets more settled, what he's going to bring to the team. Mm-hmm. Movement up from that. I mean, Barry, you were a defender. Would you like fancy playing against him? Oh, you, a, a defender's absolute nightmare. A defender's absolute nightmare. You know, for, for me, this is the jewel in the crown of the signings that we've made. I, I know I went on about McCarthy. That was a personal thing for me. But, you know, for, for me, Kyogo is the jewel in the crown. An absolute find of a player. You know, you just need to look at his movement, the goals that he scored. He's just an absolute nightmare to play against. Like you just said there, Mark, you know, he must be a defender's nightmare. And this is where I was a, a wee bit disappointed because in the up to the game against Rangers, I was just envisaging him up against Hollander and Goldson. And I thought, they, they, they will not live with this guy going to the middle. But obviously, as it transpired, he played out on the left. For me, I know we've got Gio Camargas, and I'm sure Paul will be coming to him shortly, but for me, you've got to play this guy through the middle. He is so effective. See, that I is it, Barry, because when, when he was out on the left, he, he really didn't have the impact that he has in the games that previously when he played through the middle. And when he played through the middle, 
he opened up Goose in the hand and then he yeah. went through the middle. Do you know but, what I mean? What's his best position is the question, you know? Yeah, well, you know, if he was asked that question, and this was before, this was before, I think this was just two or three games in, I think he got a couple of goals. He was asked that and his response was three the interpreter, of course. He says, well, I can play anywhere across the front line, but I'm a striker. He says, through the middle is my preferred position. And mm-hmm. for me, that that's where he's going to be more effective. He, he's, he's He's brilliant. You know, uh, Mark, you've said yourself, you know, could, could he play the number 10 position? I think he's more than capable of playing the number because he's technically phenomenal. But for me, if you're wanting the best out of Kyogo, you put him up through the middle. Uh, and whether that be in a two or, or what have you, I don't think Andrew wants to play a two. But I just think he's going to be his most damaging if he goes to the middle. Because see these runs he makes, they didn't, like, like the last sort of 15 minutes or so of that game, they didn't know how to live with it. And, and look at the goals he scored. The teams can't live with that. And that was Alkmaar. Two games at Alkmaar as well. You know, that we spoke about what a decent side they were. He was able to cut them open and his movement get away from them. Uh, yeah, you know what, guys? I really, really excited. It's been a long time since a, 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 a signing has got me so excited and, and, and such a threat. But for me, Kyogo... You know, I think John, was it John United Ireland said, you know, could get 30 million for him. <laughs> Might not be as daft as what it sounded at the time, to be honest, because he, for me, he's a right guy. Listen, I'm not going to say we're going to get 30 million for him, but you know what, for me to come in and make the impact that he's made in a short space of time, uh, he looks like he's a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. Some of the English editors have said to me that Celtic have got to struggle to keep holding him. No, I mean, a couple of them are like, a couple of them, well, one of them, uh, he actually states over in India, I say, well, he's a lot of that, that, the fit boy or that kind of side of the world and that, and when we signed him, he said to me, well, he's, he's a cracking player and that, and then a few of the English heads have come on and said, that he's really got to struggle to keep a hold of him if he keeps going the way. Yeah, that's the, that's yeah, you know, you, in case you tend to slow down the way. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Mark, it, it, it's sad to say, but it's very believable, isn't it? You know, the, mm-hmm. the impact that he's made on it, and if he keeps on going, he's going to have teams all over Europe looking at it. I'm hoping that the kind of Ange factor keeps him here, Barry. Like, he's here, but do you know what I mean? He, he, Ange brought him over here, he'll, he'll be here as long as Ange is going to be here. Maybe, 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 like with the Japanese, like he might be loyal that way, do you know what I mean? Maybe that kind of, that type of person, I mean, the Japanese, their nature into it, they're loyal to people like that. I'm sure that obviously the impact, you know, the impact the city's had on him, but the the supporters and the way they've taken to him, you know, you could see himself, like, when he was sitting in the stand and they were announcing him as player of the match, he he just looked like he was in dreamland. And you hope that, you know, the, the club the club and the supporters have that sort of impact on the player that he thinks, you know what, I want to hang around here for a wee while, yeah. He'll no leave for Bournemouth, that's a certainty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 to go easy to with the other wee Japanese boy that, that they did sign, and basically Kyogo didn't think it was like a big enough club for him. So it's a kind of honour is for Celtic to be as he saw that Celtic's a big enough club for him to get what I mean and, and vice versa. So hopefully as I say, I don't think he's a type of person if he's coming out with, with that kind of talk, I don't imagine he's gonna just like jump at the first sign of a big wage check for the for England or anything like that. I think it would need to be like one of the the top teams that would need to be to turn like turn his head towards it. Mm-hmm. 
just well, one what you... a player we've got on our hands, guys. Honestly, what a player we've got on our hands. And well, let's enjoy him. Let's enjoy what he's going to do this season because there's no doubt in my mind, he, mind he's going to be a massive success. He's going to rip teams to bits. Just going on to what you were saying there, uh, uh, what Mark was saying, could he play off, um, we, we call him Jacko now because that's that's what he's going to be known as, is Jacko on the podcast. Uh, I just read out his stats and maybe it might make sense if uh, Kyogo will play off him the way Jacko plays. And I, I just explained the way Jacko plays. So he's 26, uh, uh, he's 6'5", uh, striker mainly. Uh, Jacko is, is clinical in the penalty box. Uh, he's a a box box uh, he's in the box uh, finisher composed with great uh, quality takes his chances he's alert uh, he's optimistic uh, he anticipates where the ball is going to go strikes the ball with great power outside the box uh, from from the outside area decision making uh, sometimes he can be frustrating uh, likes to play and uh, to the defenders Likes the strong competitive defender that he can shove off the ball. Uh, likes to hold up the ball. Um, doesn't favour ju- uh, uh, dribbling with the ball, but likes making opportunities for other players. So it, this is a by this is an and sign. And wanted this striker, Jacko. So going by what we're what we're kind of hearing about him, like would Kyogre maybe suit playing off him that he hold up the ball and Kyogre would be able to move around him. You know, you know, maybe what, Kyle, it might be the far, the far then. For, for me, I, again, you know, to, to talk about Jacko, we'll score with Jacko. To talk about him in isolation, I think again, it's a brilliant bit of business by the club. Mm-hmm. You know, we've gone out and signed, you know, the top scorers in the era de Vise, um, and that's a tough league, it's a tough league. It is a tough league, and he's got twenty nine goals and thirty three appearances in that league. And, and we've got. Um, I think. Yeah. You know, he's at a club that you know were relegated, and he. So, so I think I think I'm right in saying, or, or I read it, it was two point one million rising to two point five. So for me, that's an unbelievable bit of business to get a striker of that caliber in the door at the football club. Uh, so first and foremost. I'll say that, and like I say, I've watched a bit of him. He looks like a right-handed player. He looks like he's, he'll get goals for us. He's like he's he's tough. He's Scores a lot of headers. You know, I, I watched an actual extended highlights game against Vitesse Arjen. He actually scored four. I think they beat him four-one or four-two, and he, he was very, very good. You know, three headers that game. So again, a wee bit different from what we've had in terms of. You know, if we're putting crosses in the box, we've now got a striker that, that's capable of getting on the end. So that's that we didn't really have for a while, Barry, isn't it? Like a big physical no. striker. Do you know what I mean? We haven't had them for a while, haven't we? And even though sort of Edouard was, in terms of stature, he was a relative, you know, he must have been six foot one, six foot two. He was ne- that was never his game, mixing it with the, the, the centre halves and going and, you know, dominating centre halves and winning headers. He was more technically and, and preferred at the feet. But I think Jack will bring that to the table. Um, but for me, again, just going back, Paul, for me, can uh, Kyogo play off him? Absolutely, he can. He's that technically good that he can. But for me, I just think you've got to play to his maximum, uh, optimum strength, which is through the middle. So well, I'm not Ange, so I don't know what Ange has planned. But, uh, you know, for me, if I can play as a two, I don't know. I know Ange probably isn't that his preferred option. But for me... I, I play Kyogo through the middle every day of the week. I just think he's that threatening and that effective that you can't not have him in there. But 
if, if Ange decides that he maybe wants to play him a bit deeper, let's see how he gets on. But like I say, an own personal point of view, I just don't think you, you can't have Kyogo through the middle. Oh, I agree with you. Maybe would uh, would you Marcus give us the option, Mark, in trying to break down teams or if we're trying the game? Well, as we've seen with Edward Brigham on that we need to hold up the ball. Like he is realistically Mark Edward's replacement, like you know what I mean? So he's not gonna be bought in just to sit in the bench either, is he? So but you have to find the position like for him, you know. See Paul, I don't think this guy's been brought in to be a backup. I don't mm-hmm. Barry says I don't know we don't know what Angie's got up his sleeve, but I I think uh, Jack will be starting. If he's fit he'll be starting as my main striker. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that, guys. I'd agree. And this is where, you know, you sort of play devil's advocate with yourself, you know, because I, I do think uh, Jack will play. Because like you said, uh, Mark, he's been brought in uh, as Edward's replacement, effectively. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you don't bring in somebody that's a top scorer in the era of uh, You know, you pay two, okay, 2.1 million isn't maybe, or 2.5 million isn't a massive amount of money, but it's still a decent amount of money. You don't bring these guys in to sit on your bench. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, and like I say, it's Andrew makes that decision, no me. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? It, it's good to have that headache for manager Mark. It's good to have a headache like that. Like, what do you do now? Like, you have Kyogre, you have you have Jack or do you mean like you? Like, we have so many options, now, Mark, don't we? And they can all switch during the game. They play the, they can all switch wings and things like that or during the game. But I've said it before. I'd, and I think Rab said it and Barry said it. And I, I, I think that Kyogre. Uh, Give, like, just gave a kind of free roll. Mm-hmm. Just put yeah, uh, yeah. number. Because, I mean, I've, I've asked you, I say, Barry, what actual formation would you say Andrew's playing? You know what? It's difficult to nail down his formation, isn't it? Uh, because it looks like. It looks, but going forward, it's just. It's, it's like you've got your two centre halves and Callum McGregor, and everybody else is just flying forward. That, that, that's what, and you know what? That's that's genuine part of Kenmore. We're playing against your St. Mirrens and your Dundees. You know, you've got Wilson, you've got Starfield sitting there, and you've got Ralston moving into the midfield. You've got uh, Taylor on the other side at the time moving into the midfield. You've got Turnbull and Rogic bombing on. You've got uh, obviously it was Kyogo up front at the time. You had uh, Abada on one wing. Whoever was on the left, it was Forrest, whether it was Christie. You know, it was just an all out attack, so it was difficult to nail down. You know, Ange claims it's a 4-3-3, but it really isn't a 4-3-3, is it? Like a gang hall style in FIFA or something, isn't it? It's one of the attack, like, isn't it? But it's, when it comes up, it's set up as a 4-3-3, but mm-hmm. you sit and watch it, it's not playing the, the normal way of 4-3-3. No. 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 And, and, and you know what, with inverted fullbacks, these fullbacks coming in, you know, teams really do not know how to deal with it. And, you know, for me, it was uh, the first half of the game against Rangers was apparent. They didn't know how to deal with that. It just so happens that we had, we had control of that game, but we just didn't attack with the tempo and the pace that we did because you could, you seen the roof screaming at somebody to try and press. And then you seen Kent screaming at somebody else. They did not know how to cope with it these fullbacks coming at the midfield. They didn't know how to defend. And when you hear people like on other podcasts and stuff saying, how do you defend against that? They've not really got an answer for it. When you mm-hmm. these, these uh, fullbacks are coming into your midfield, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's channeled for them to be picked up and the wide men to get the ball. And that, But that's exactly what Celtic want. They want your Abadas and your, you know, whether it be Yotas on the ball. But if you decide to go with them, then they've got, you know, you've got an overload of midfielders 
in the middle of the park where you could utilise, and that's when you, your full backs are fair good on the ball. So, it's, like I say, it's difficult to, to put your finger on what the actual formation is because, like I say, in an attacking sense, it's like a, a sort of 2 1. I'm no good at math, I can't remember how many that leaves, but <laughs> 2 1 7. There you go, that, that's kind of what it's like. But, you know, like I say, that, that, that's, this is Andrew's style, and, and, and we're, you know, benefiting on the back of it, and it's, it's brilliant to watch just now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's our, our, our new sign, and I just uh, told you it was going to be a long one. That's, it took me nearly four hours to to prepare it, but it only took us an hour and a half to, to discuss. Uh, Barry, has this been a, a good transfer window, considering the, the way we thought it was, we knew it was going to be a big one? Uh, are you happy the players we signed, uh, that they're coming into the team, they're making an impact straight away, we're actually making the team stronger, but not just buying squad players? Well, you know what, Paul, first of all, absolutely delighted. I must admit, I'm absolutely delighted with, with, with the transfer window and the players we brought in. We spoke about, the three of us, and Mikey and, and JFP and, and everybody else that were on the podcast, we, we spoke about this last season, you know, the, the second half, not long after the podcast had started, what a massive summer rebuild it was going to be. And you know what, everyone that we all predicted would leave the club has left the club. And when we talked about the size of squad overhaul, we were all pretty much bang on. You know, I think that's 13 players being brought in. Uh, a massive amount of, of players, not just squad players, players that were in the starting 11 have moved on from the club. So, you know, the, the actual players that were brought in, I'm absolutely delighted. I think it's a real sort of quality players that have brought in. Uh, again, you know, some, some bargains, if you like. You know, we talked about Juranovic, we talked about Giacomakis. Kyogo, the unknown, Abada, the unknown. For for me, absolutely over the moon with the squad that Andrew's assembled. And I'm really, really excited because I think, personally, I think we'll kick on now. I think now that the transfer window's shut and Ange knows the group of players that he's got to work with, I think we'll, we'll take it to another level, to the next level. And I'm super excited about that. Mark, would you agree that, yeah? There was a balanced transfer window as well, Barry. We mm-hmm. brought in experience. Financially, yeah. No, but I'm not even talking about... Uh, oh, sorry, apologies. Like, we brought in the experience of McCarthy and Joe Hart. We brought in players like Juranovic, Kyogo, the uh, Jackals that are like, what you'd say, in their prime at that kind of 25, 20, yeah. 27. And we brought in a lot of younger players as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Mark, yeah. But a plan went into that kind of... We're not going... Yeah. We end up in the kind of situation we were in the end of last season with all these loan signings leaving, all these contracts ready to expire, all the players getting too old all at the one time again. Mm-hmm. And you look at you look at the length of contracts we've provided some of the players with. Like, you know, you're looking at uh, you know Hart a three year contract, McCarthy four. Uh, I think Giacomakis and Juranovic both got five year deals. So the clubs really sort of backed and invested these contracts. And like you say. It's been a different transfer window, and you know you've just listed the age of the players. You know, Starfield, twenty-six, Kyogo, twenty-six. That are proper mix. But again, going back to, I'm really excited with the squad that's been assembled, and really looking forward to what they're going to produce going forward. The squad now, as it stands with the the transfer window closed till January, uh, is um, we have Hart, Barkas, Bay, Hazard, uh, right back. We're going to have um, Ivanovic, Madison. I put Yorahidi uh, in there as well because he barely played right back pre-season. We're going to have Welch, Vickers, Murray, Yorahidi, Starfield, Julian, Scales, Beaton. Uh, we're going to have Taylor, Montgomery, Barangoli. Uh, we're going to have Tomwell, McGregor, 
um, McCarthy, Zorro, Shaw, Roger, Henderson, Forrest, Abada, Dembele, Kyogo, Jacko, Ayesi, Yasha, Mickey Johnson, Montgomery. That's the squad. Uh, players to come back, uh, as Mark said, uh, James Forrest is back in training. James McCarthy is back training. Uh, Mickey Johnson is back in training next week. Uh, Kyogo is back in training next week. Christopher Julian in the middle of September, October, hopefully, but that's just a prediction at the moment with him. Mark, we, we spoke about squad in depth uh, uh, after the Rangers game that uh, the, the, the bench looked light and stuff like that, but looking at the squad now and, and with players to come back, like we actually will have uh, a, a huge squad, squad in depth now like, with, the, with the players coming. Like, it, it seems to be Two or three players for every, every position now, doesn't it? Ah, that seems to be the way it's looking at. At least the players that can play in numerous positions and cover it in that, Paul. So mm-hmm. I suppose you could still maybe to, to pick holes in it, but I mean, Barry, see if we were six, seven weeks ago to where we were the new, it's like night and day, really, the players were signed and the, the feeling of between the fans, the feeling around the club and things like that, it's totally. I'm just excited as well with the way things are going. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be, uh, and said as well that he's going to dip into the Asian market probably in January. He said January's the best uh, time to buy in the Asian market for what reason, I don't know, but this isn't the finished product yet. So is it the end of the season, is it? Aye. So they're like a, a summer league, so Mark, is it, yeah? Aye. So like this isn't the finished product yet of Andrew's squad. Like this is, I think, Barry. This is just the start of it, but it is a good squad now what, what we're looking at, isn't this? Yeah, 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 Paul. You know what? For me, he's, he's assembled a squad that's got real quality within it. And like I say, once these players buy into the system, because obviously we've had a, a few guys come in the door that actually haven't had any training sessions with the club yet. Once he gets them up on them, this is what I talk about going to the next level. Because, like I say, now Ange knows the squad of players he's got between now and January, if you like, or you know, now to the end of the season with Aden. Because I agree with you, I, I'd be very surprised if we don't see another couple of Japanese players coming in in January. Because, like you touched on there, Ange has already said, and like Mark said, he gave the reason that just now it's a bit trickier to get Japanese players in because it's midway through their season. But the season finishes in January, and it, it's definitely a market he's looking to explore. So I'd like to say, I'd be surprised if he doesn't nip in and bring in a... Because he'll know that market better than anybody and he'll know the players that'll fit his system. I'm dreading the pronunciation already. Oh, well, <laughs> you know what, Paul? We'll make up nicknames for them all for you. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know what, like I say, guys, I, I, I said a couple of times, I'm really excited, really delighted with not just the amount of the quality that, that's been brought into the squad. Like I say, there's been some bargains in the Juranovic Giacomakis, uh, that, that's a real quality for, for real good prices, and I'm just now excited for, for for the next game on Saturday against Ross County to, to see what they can do and going forward. Like I say, for me, they're only going to get better and better, and, I, and I'm really excited about what Ange is going to bring that, to the table. That's just the new players, Barry. Like it's it's players that Ange made better, like who 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 we have written off last season. We've written off Logic. We've written off Madison. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ange has made them better. He seems to be making. The players that were there last season even better as well, like and that's what make is making the squad in depth look that little bit stronger. Do you know what I mean that there seems to be anything and touch is making things better at the moment at the club? You know, he's brought a real good feel factor to the club, Paul. 
a feel good factor to the club amongst the fans, amongst the players, all the staff, etc. Um, but you know, you're absolutely right. Guys like Ralston and Rogic, and you know, from the time he was here, we got a tune out of Christie for a few weeks. Um, but you know what? At the same time, Paul, they, they potentially realise, you know, if I don't up my game, I've not got a future at this football club. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to play under Ange because, I, you know, they, they know the demands, they, they know the style. So if they don't up their game, they're not going to play. So, you know, everybody benefits. The player benefits, the team benefits, and as a result, the supporters benefit. So th- there's no doubt about it. He, he's really lifted the club from where it was just months ago. And you know what, you want to credit him for that as well because there was there was doubters out there. I, I'm big enough to hold my hands up and and say, you know, I was potentially one of them. I, I, was this the right appointment? I'm not sure. Let's wait and see. I, listen, certain supporters will give any manager an opportunity, but uh, you know w- w- what a transformation in the squad and what a transformation in the feeling around the club and like that. We lost again to Rangers, and uh, you know that's last season. We're all down in the dumps, but. Like we said and Mark said earlier, you know, there was we're disappointed we lost the game, but the feel good factor didn't go away. We all saw that the, the bigger vision for the club and where Ange is taking us and we're all excited about that. Mark, I think uh, you have an update too on uh Bonangoli. It looks like that he still could be away uh, to, to 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 an online club in Russia I kinda of sniffing around him at the moment. I just talk him going to either Russia or back to Turkey again, Paul. Uh, I think Warriors window shuts tomorrow night and Warriors maybe a couple of days later I'm not sure off the top of my head but we took out the UEFA squad as well Paul so mm-hmm. I think he's a number now Mark we haven't really seen him even pre-season or we haven't seen him even getting on the, on the pitch even as a stop I think he's oh, he's a number now I mean his agent's been trying to get him a club yeah but basically for the Turkish mob didn't want to take him permanently kind of idea so I think he knows he's not getting any future at Celtic, so again, it's down to his agent to get something tied up from one of these mm-hmm. where the window's uh, still open. So, that, that's uh, the transfer in the clause, uh, the new players are in the door, and um, once things are setting down, uh, the question is that Anne says himself uh, that he's going to be looking at his backroom staff. Uh, will they start looking at Mark the sports science area straight away and the conditioning area straight away or do you think maybe they, they might have someone lined up for them as well already? Oh well I know they said they would leave uh, leave all that to the window be shut but I would like to think there'd have been some kind of movement that way to at least sounding people out Paul but oh, it's hard to predict into really what they're going to do. Are they going to maybe let Ange maybe settle down with the squad at the moment Mark? Let him walk there, get everything gelled at the moment, like and uh, and maybe gradually start with the doors. I don't. I don't think he needs them kind of straight away. The way he's kind of talking last night. Stephen, the way Ange is, I don't think he's a type of person that. I'll put as if it says he put it off. He says I'll deal with it. I'll, that'll get dealt with when the windows, the transfer windows shut. So I think that's just like tech transfer window shut and next is back on to what his next job is. I, think, I mean, you get that impression for him. He, he lives, breathes football 24-7, Paul. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't think it'll be a case of right, get a couple of weeks or a month or settle things down. I think it's a case of right, we've, done, we've got through that transfer window, get right, what else do we need to do? What's next on the list that needs like seriously looked at? Mm-hmm. Brian, John, what do you take, Barry? Like, like with the squad and, and the fast tempo he's playing, it, it's clearly where Ange said we're lacking in, in his backroom staff, his sports science condition. Do you think that 
Celtic are already looking at that positions already and they're, they're going to start making appointments soon in these uh, positions? Yeah, I, I would assume so, Paul. I would assume that's something that they've been looking at for a long time. Uh, not not just I, I know Andrew's concentrating on the squad and rightly so. That was the first and foremost. That was his biggest job as a squad overall in the summer. But I'd like to think that he knew that when the time was right, he he knew who it was he's wanting to bring in. Um, what like like sort of Matt said, he's involved in everything at the club. He said that himself. He wants <laughs> he wants to, to be involved in the sports science element and things like that. So I'd like to think the club will back him. I, I believe the club will back him. I believe the club will like sort of have trust in him that he, he's the man to take us forward. And as a result. He sort of deserves the, the, the coaching staff or, or a say and who comes to the club because, um, you know, like you say, he, he, he plays a specific style of football that's very demanding on the players. So elements like sports science division, that's quite important. You know, they've got all the sort of data in terms of mileage and performance related stuff that tells, you know, tells you when players are needing to rest, when you pull them out. So, you know, he because of the style he plays, he should be involved uh, for me in, in terms of who could potentially come in in these sectors and certainly his coaching staff. But I think it's something you know only Angel know. He, he'll know who he wants to bring in if he wants to bring in somebody. I'd like to think he probably would. I'd like to think he'd bring in at least one person, one coach, an assistant manager. I don't know, but I actually believe I have trust in, in the club that they'll provide Andrew what he needs to take the club forward. And I think that'll happen. Mark, what about the director of football, Mark? Do you think maybe that would be at the end of next season that they'll concentrate on Ange getting sports science conditioning? Or is this an area that, that won't uh, totally involve Ange as the director of football? Is that, that more of a Dominic McCoy? I think no, I think it's at the stage now. I think it would I think Ange would have an input on that as well now, Paul, would you? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I mean we know that mind the adver- what was the job they advertised for, Paul Mind? The special data analysis. Oh, that, I thought it was something to do with recruitment or something like that. Recruitment analysis, yeah. Recruitment analysis, it's like looking at the data, yeah. But I mean I don't know. If- does that put you in charge of tra- you get what I mean, I'm not actually hundred percent sure what that would entail, but Again, it's not, but we still. That's not what Mark said. What Liverpool would do. We still need to build the structure better. But mm-hmm. The same. I mean, the same problems we've, we've spoke about often enough. Really behind the scenes for me, are still there. Uh, the actual underlying problem. Well, the biggest problems at the door now. We love will be in a way, but the actual problems are the way what was happening with young players, the academy, everything. Do you get what I mean? It's new. No, that's that's what it's still the same problems we need to deal with. And they've no, they've no went away, so they'll need to do it. They'll need to bring in these people that are going to do the jobs. So we still heard nothing either. Um, has 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 Gordon Strack and actually started his war mark? Has that been put in hold at the moment? Oh. That the Scottish FA were looking into this was it seen if it was legal? Find a way that story, isn't it? Yeah, they were kind because I was looking up the dirt today just to see. Was he still involved? But it just kind of went back to the old stories that popped up first of Gordon Strachan returns to Celtic on a consult as well. There was nothing saying he started his role. So, yeah, no, I don't know, but... You know, because it really went quiet. That was a bit of a weird one as well, but really went to... I mean, fair days, he was only coming into the academy and what, was, what we could have done better. I think, 
I think because I've got something a bit more knowledge and a bit more authority come in for a, a three mm-hmm. a three month contract to over you know what I mean, to overhaul the youth your youth system and that. Mm-hmm. Barry, is there any other position within within the backroom staff you think Ange may, may look at uh, down the line or do you think it's specifically going to be sports science and conditioner or do you still think he might bring in one of his own coaches staff to help John Kendi and Gavin Strachan? You know what? I don't think there'd be any harm in that. I think it all depends on Ange really, Paul. You mm-hmm. know, if, if he's happy with the setup of you know Gavin Strachan and John Kennedy um you might decide just to go with that if he thinks no this is working I don't really need um, you know, to bring any coach or if he thinks you know what I, I, there's actually a, a person in mind that I think would actually add value to this group and, and I believe he'd help me take this forward then, then that's what you'll do but really only Ange can answer he, he knows what he wants um, and you know I'm sure like I say if he wants an assistant manager or if he wants uh, you know a coach or somebody that he believes that works well with her. I'm sure the club will uh, back him and appoint somebody. See, as well as uh, when it comes down to things like that, I was talking to somebody about it the other week, it, kind of, it comes down to, like, again, job titles. And to, mm-hmm. I see fans bring somebody in and you get some job title and then everybody starts up. Well, why is, why is John Kennedy still there? Paul Gorosashima has, has three coaches next to him. Manchester United, yeah, exactly. See, it's maybe Angie's thought, well, I don't actually need what, you, what, we, what we would call like a, num- a number two, but could they be just another body? Yeah, what I mean, it's just a, a part of his team. I don't think it comes down to like a rank system, the way these modern managers kind of go about things, Paul. You no, because when you look, when you look at um, United and it comes up like Mike Fien, assistant manager, uh, Carrick, uh, assistant coach, and then it's like it's different. It's different titles, like and then the fact Kitten is assistant coach as well. Like so, but they get the same move. He'd be bouncing intelligence off all of them. They're just not part of the team. But again, it's just doing it job titles and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, and um, going forward, like the the, the protests and like the the the. Uh, in, in recent that uh, we, we had John Fendi on and she spoke about what's really going on behind the scenes, Mark, and things like that. But I don't think they could be protesting now saying back the team to the board at the moment because they have delivered no footing for the first team. Yeah, Dominic Mike came in did his job, he's back the manager. You know? Well, I know, but I, I mean, I've made my feelings plain about it, and as I said, if. If I knew JFP was going to be on, we'd have brought him on the night as well, Paul, because that's the one time he came on, because he was one of the ones that was really, he got really tore into the board and Dermot Desmond doing other podcasts, but we'll get that so JFP, but in my opinion, the board, the, 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 we went in, again, Paul, I'm just going to say it, the state we were in when Eddie Howe deal yeah. was done, to where we are the new, I, I I hold my hands up, Paul. I think the board's done no bad. This I think the board's done well this summer. Only for Dominic McCoy didn't come into the job early, Mark. We wouldn't have gotten Andrew, sir. Huh? You know, if if Peace and Lord was still calling the shots, we could end up with uh, Peace and Lord maybe bigging back Gordon Strack and Mark Rennie, Roy Keane. That's what we would have ended up with. I mean, like, and as we say, is we can not pack that. Oh, we wanted that Lawfrich is our dreamy left winger, or we wanted this striker that went to somebody else because they wouldn't spend money, but. But again, Paul, you, I, you can pick faults, but 
they've really they have they've stepped up to the plate. They've spent a lot of money. For me, they've backed Tange, and I can't really fault them for that. You know, really. Sorry, it's hard to say. It's hard, and it's hard to give the board compliments. You have to no, exactly. Because, like, in fairness, Mark, as you said, like some problems are still there within the club. Like, but the main thing, this this transfer window was the the back the, the manager and with with protest outside. I, I think it was the first game, the first home game of the season, and and uh, they were saying back the manager thing back and and. They, Whereby they have backed down, so they brought in the players. Not only have brought in, but they brought in quality players as well, like, you know, international players, we could say. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Again, I was critical of the board. I really was. Um, in terms of the backing us, yes, they have. And like you say, Paul, that we've done some great business, you know, because I think we've still managed to make a bit of money on transfer sales. We've brought in quality players and we've brought in quality players at a very good price. Is what we bought in and transfer fees since uh, Freeze Farm left in January. 55 million. 55. And I don't and that's uh, really you know what, what, how much have we spent, Paul? Have you got that information? Or? Not yet. So no, not yet. Right. Okay, but, but listen, we've, still, we've still come out the other end with a profit. Uh, we've built a squad. And like you say, it's not just the fact that we've brought in certain players. In my opinion, we've brought in 13 right good players. And like Mark said earlier, a mixture of, you know, experienced players, uh, you know, players that are in their prime, you know, 26, 27 year old, and two or three younger players in there. Uh, it's, it's a squad to be excited about, in my opinion. So, yeah, in terms of the board, the hub back to manager, they've ticked all the boxes. Uh, this, the, the only, well, I, I, I was going to say, the only thing, I, I think a lot of the fans, and this included, we were, you know, to go out in the Champions League against Michelin, we were kind of, Maybe a bit impatient. Maybe that's right. Maybe we were a bit impatient in terms of wanting them to act quicker. But, you know, I think probably a lesson to be learned is, you know, transfers aren't easy to get over the line. Players aren't easy to get in the door. And a lot of our deals do come down to the last minute and the last day of the transfer window. So, you know, I think we're now at the other side of it. I would say, yes, absolutely. The board have back the manager. We've got a squad to be excited about. And I'm looking forward to see where, where we're going in the next weeks and months. The, the best thing about me for, for, for this chance window compared to, to other chance windows is that we haven't spent um, five million or three million on, on five or six loan deals that we actually signed players and we tied it down to long term contracts, Mark. So we're not going to be in a situation where four or five players will go back to their parent clubs next season. Do you know what I mean? We're seeing that Ange is busy for the future here as well, seeing these young players. Do you know what I mean? I think that's been the best thing about this transfer in the market, that we finally seen proper investment in the club. You know? Proper investment with players with their, con- with their contracts and they've got them tied down to long-term deals. Once again, Paul, like, the planning, I've always, keep, I keep getting on about that, the actual planning for, I mean, I keep the disaster last season, the amount of like Scott Brown out of contract and leaving too old anyway. Other players with garbage like Laxalt and John Joe Kenny. It was just like bringing in players just for the sake of it, Mark. Filling slots in the squad. There was players there that never shouldn't have been there at the start. I mean, like that Laxalt, he was just horrendous, but. It was just cheap deals, quick can be day, it was scrimming and scream. There was there's been no long term plan for the last two or three years under Lowell. For Brendan Rogers left Billy, 
even maybe for the even even down to the sports science Maxon's played in Rogers like yeah even don't you have probably a, a certain amount of time where Rogers was here but uh, the club was just in a downward slide you couldn't see he, right in the crest of the wave kind of thing we were in but we were in we're in history, we were pushing on and thought we were going for eight, we were going for nine, we were winning triple tables. But it was, and folks that did mention it were shot down. I used to talk about it on the forum, Paul, and people ask what you're moaning about, we're winning trophies, winning trophies. But there was, you could, I could see where these problems were coming down the line. Well, that's what Charlotte was telling us, Mark, wasn't it? That these, she saw these, and that they were just brushed aside because. We were winning, and she said, like, all good that we were winning these parties, but she was back. But the underlying that the problems were still there, and this and this downfall was going to happen, Mark, because these problems were getting big, small problems were getting bigger problems, were getting bigger problems, were getting bigger problems, weren't they? Now, you, I used to moan about John Park's influence with Peter Lowell, but honestly, for the last couple of years, I'd, I'd have loved to have seen John Park being back just to. At least, I mean... Blackburn, no, I think he's that, Mark. I think that there was an uproar in... Um, but it's even... He spotted uh, Ivanovic, you know that? But it was still... See, even if well, John, it was mostly John Park that was in Peter Lowell's ears, at least Paul, it was a fat bad guy picking... picking yes, players. exactly. It was the and Peter Lowell said, then, Master, he could do that job himself, playing the king, ain't this? Aye. I mean, as a... Uh, other, you see, uh, is it the... Something unofficial director of football kind of thing he kind of gave him that wee tag on the internet and basically that's what he was doing and that was one of the main problems at Celtic for the last oh, I don't know many years but we're not getting into all that again repeat a little that stuff will be here all night no I'm sure you had this part here now lads and I didn't have down but the next game is is it Ross County I think in the the League Cup the Cup I think is our next home game is it Ross County is this uh-huh. Uh huh. First in the league. The league. The league give, me, give me what was what's that lineup? Would you go, Barry? Which one who signs in the door? Oh, Muff. what would I? Oh, right. Okay. There you go. That. On the um, spot, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So on the spot, I'm going to go with um, Hart in the goal. I think I would stick with Ralston at right back. Uh, I'm going to put Juranovic in at left back. Uh, and you know it's difficult because I don't think Welsh or Starfield deserve to get dropped but you know you're bringing in Cameron Vickers you're probably bringing him into play so I, I think I'll go with the same back four I'll go with Welsh and Starfield um, midfield of McGregor Turnbull Rogic Abada Kyogo and Yasha I'll throw Yota in there. Yeah, that's just, I don't think it'll be a thing. That'd be my team. That's, that's what I'll play. Mark? Uh, I'd probably go with the same defence as Barry did. What formation are we picking for here? 4-3-3, I suppose. Yeah, just to start, yeah, to start an offline spot. Whatever you want. I'd, no. go, I'd go with McGregor, McCarthy and Rogic. I'd go with... Ah, see, that's what I'm saying there, because I'd, I'd like to see... You can't. I'd like to see the big Greek boy getting in, but then you're putting... Aye, so would I, so would I, that's the thing. Yeah. And Forrest, and Forrest fit as well. It might be does, he, does he maybe drop Roderick and put Kyogo into to Roderick's position as, a, as the number 10 role? You know what I mean? Aye, could you? It's a hat. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's like, I think Forrest will play just for the reason he's not played and only a fence, but it's, it's Ross County. Do you know what I mean? Forrest, maybe start that first, like for the first hour or that. It's I, I think as well, Mark. Well, I, I, think, I, think, I think as well, Mark, you know, I, I kind of agree with you in terms of McCarthy. We need to start getting him games now. We need to, yes. for, for me, get him on at the start. You know, so so there's Ross County. I get it. You know, it's, it's a it's a game. We'll be on the front foot and we'll be looking to get goals. But we need to start getting McCarthy games. You know, you know what's a pity is very very. What's a pity as well for McCarthy is that because of the rules in the in the Colts League and, and and this rule actually still applies to the the league games that you can't have a player over uh, twenty two playing in, in in that team. It's a pity because. It'd be ideal for McCarthy just to get a few games down in the Colts League, just to just to get his match fitness up. Isn't it? It's just a pity that he can't last under. Oh no! You know? No, no chance, Paul. Get injured or? Oh, honestly, can you imagine James McCarthy playing against some big? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Talk <coughs> about that. Junior League, that Barry. City civil strollers and these boys. You know what these guys sometimes try and make a name for themselves. You know, I was the guy that went and put the boot in and sorted him right out. You know, some of these guys, you know, they're not really interested in mixing it. No, I think they they seem to be handling themselves uh, relatively well. Like, don't they think the standout player at the moment down there is um, is 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 Vasa Marcus Vasa and Lawrence C T N. And he actually got caught up to the the other seventeens. Um, I was thinking for the first time as well. Uh, just looking at the live chat there, Rob Mayer has heart. He has heart. Ivanovic, Starfield, Julian, Scales, McGregor, McCarthy, Tomwood, Yasha, Kyogo, Abida. That's that's his. Liam Quinn says he has heart. Radisson, Welch, Vickers, Joseph, McCarthy, Forrest, and Kyogo. There's mixed views. The, the way where we start Kyogo ain't there like, everyone wants to see this new Greek lad I just, where is he? I just don't think as the uh, Jackals come in here to be nobody starting yeah uh, it really comes down to where Kyogo's going to play in the team uh, or, or you know what does does Ange go against what he kind of pre- and, and say well you know what I want both of them up there you know does he but listen to this though right listen to this right I put this way right Ange said he made the mistake in playing Kyogo up the left now was that due to the fact that Edward wasn't creating the space that Kyogo was making to the, the middle right and that there was a lack of movement from Edward and that's why we were slow Maybe the Greek guy would actually move around a bit more than Ange and that Kyogo would be coming off him. You know, maybe that's what I'm trying to say. I know what you're saying, Paul, but I think for me as well, it was kind of a double thing because I just don't think Kyogo out on the wing, he's not the type of guy that maybe like a bad is on the opposite wing that he'll get the ball and he'll run at the full but I don't think that's his game. I keep he uh, likes facing the ball, don't he, Barry? Well, you know what? He's technically very, very good. Yes. And that's how, you know, like, like, like Mark said before, could he play the 10? There's no doubt in my mind he can't. He's got the technical ability to, to play the 10, but like I say, my own individual view is he's that good going through the middle that uh, for me, you can't even play him there. But like that, like, like Mark, you know, it's to play devil's advocate, I want to see Jacko up there as well. You know, he's a, a 29 goal uh, a season uh, striker. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to see him sitting on your bench. So, 
I don't know. For me, in an ideal world, it's I'd a, probably try and get them both through there. But then, like I say, that's that's for Ange to decide. It's a it's a headache, Boris. It's a headache, Mark, to have for a match. You know, yeah, you're, you're, you're saying there, Paul. You know all the different uh, teams that the guys are coming up with on the live chat. It's, it's great because we've had all these different options and people's different views. So, you know, we didn't have that. You put probably no. more than 60, 70% of people that all like six weeks ago agreeing on the same team, our best team. Now we've got options up there. So it can only Thank be you. a good thing. Uh, a Glasgow Green says uh, Hart, Larson, Welch, Vickers, Ivanovic, Forrest, McGregor, McCarthy, Yasuo, Kyogo, and the Greek guy. Uh, I think it's amazing like how. This time last year, we, we had it written off, and the two of you had him in, in, in your start lineup. Is uh, Tom Roderick, like himself and Radisson, and, I, and we're not going to go towards D because he spoke about that, but there are like two new signs that, that, that came into the club and fitness levels. Uh, Roderick looks more slimmer. Uh, Radisson has been a bit of fresh air since he got. I, 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 I can't see why Radisson could be dropped. There's no reason for him to be dropped at the moment. I think that position, Barry, is his to lose at the moment. Without a doubt for me, and I said it, I think, the last podcast I was on, he's done that well. And then since then, you know, we've played against, uh, you know, Rangers. And I, again, I thought he was one of the standout performers from a Celtic point of view, uh, Ralston. He's really stepped up to the plate. And, and like Mark said previously, we've got to give the guy credit because each time man, myself included, would all written him off would say, you know, this this kid's not good enough to be at the football club. He's not good enough to play for Celtic. We need better. Well, he's like Mark said, he's, he's rammed those words down our throat. And I'm absolutely delighted. And he's proved it too in Europe as well, not just in the Scottish League. But mm. he's done great jobs for us in Europe qualifiers as well, Mark. Has it been very silly, Spot on, Barry. Honestly, I'm delighted that I'm divorced in my throat. I'm, absolutely. I, I, I really, even Logic as well. I mean, it was a different kind of... It was a different Rogic, we knew Rogic should play football, but it was just like mm-hmm. lazy, unfit get. Whereas, well, we've a manager now, Mark, who knows how to play Rogic, you know what I mean, yeah. But whereas Ralston, you were like, both, you're just not good enough to play for He's him. just not that level. And, and I, I, I think. Turn in him, and again, fair play to Rogic as well for must, well, getting himself really fit and uh, really applying himself. As it's like two new signs. Big question now for me is um, what condition. Will Roger come back after international duty? Because I think if he comes back with a slight injury or anything like that, uh, Mark said in previous podcasts about you said as well, and Mike said, I think it's, it's time now maybe Roger should maybe retire and concentrate on his club career. Seems that he's got himself so fit now not to be travelling halfway around the world for international matches, Barry. You know what, it's, it's, it's a difficult one for me from my perspective on it, Paul, because, you know, there's no doubt about it. I think, you know, going back wee slightly there, when Ange came in and described the, the style of football that he wanted to play, everybody was thinking, well, Roberts cannot play that. He mm-hmm. cannot play high intensity, speed, pressing. It's just not his game. So, again, credit to Tom Roberts because not only has he come in and done that, he's actually been very effective in Ange's style of play. But I don't... I understand what you're saying, Paul, but for me, you know, to represent your country right. is a mass, it's a massive honour for yes. any footballer at any country, you know. So, from a, a selfish point of view, from Celtic supporters' point of view, yeah, you know what? If, if Rogers didn't have to travel halfway around the world for these qualifiers, 
we've benefited a bit. But, you know, I don't know. I, I'm probably not one to say I think he should do because, like I say, to play to play international football and represent your country is a massive honour. So I, I'd probably be in the, the camp of, you know, let him decide and, and if that's what he wants to do, support him. If it's not, then we'll benefit. Two two lads now, considering that they're outside Europe, will Roderick and uh, Kyogo have to isolate when they come back or are they exempt from these rules being because like there was extraordinary scenes last night uh, against uh, Argentina and Brazil when the health oh. officials stormed onto the pitch and got the match abandoned and uh, today the the four British players, players in Argentina had to leave Barcelona to actually travel to Europe now they had to leave Brazil straight away last uh, this morning you know like there seems to be different rules for change all the time with, with, with these Covid regulations right out there it's, you know what, it's so hard to keep up with them. It really is. Um, I don't actually know the answer to your question. Yeah. In the sense that, you know, isolate. I always, I thought that footballers had some sort of exemption. Um, because I thought, like, they didn't doing this. Because that's how the Rangers lads got cast. Because it was a new rule brought in by UEFA and football that UEFA would do the testing in Europe and FIFA would do the testing for the, the World Cup qualifiers. And that's how... Rangers actually got caught in because it wasn't uh, we uh, friends over in the north that did the testing. It was actually UEFA that did the testing on Rangers. That's right. Yeah. That's you know? right. Who is it, Japan? Oh, Jesus, Mark, I couldn't tell you that. They played the other day. They got beat the other day, didn't they? They got another match since. They got beat 1-0, I think, from o- Oman. Uh, I will see what you're saying there. I'm sure I've something I read on Twitter. I'm sure it was... They were playing their games in Dubai, and Dubai was in a like it's all right to travel to Dubai. Then a neutral zone, Mark. Yeah, I think that's what they're doing. Was it? Yeah, neutral zones or something like that. Yeah, yeah, because Japan was actually in lockdown after the the Olympics. They weren't letting no. I know the the Paralympics went down, but after that, they weren't going to play no elite sports in the country. So you're right. Japan played their matches in Dubai. So. Like there seems to be neutral kind of venues kind of going on to to facilitate the COVID uh, pandemic, you know. But it's a strange one, like you don't want none of our players either, Matt, to come back with COVID either. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's in here. Shooting up power here, no. I mean, people kind of, I don't know, man. People just kind of don't seem to be bothered backstage a lot anymore. You know, like it's it, it's frightening, like like you know and. Opposition players are no opposition players. You don't want no one no. To, to be affected by COVID, Mark. Do you know what I mean? And I, I wouldn't tolerate anyone dissing anyone for, for getting COVID. You know, I, I wouldn't accept that. But like, it's a worry considering when we went away to Dubai, the amount of players that had to isolate. I just don't want the same thing happen again where a lot of players were like, if that happens, Barry, do you know what I mean? Like, what do FIFA do and what do UEFA do? Do they try to hold these international games for the time being? Or they, they really can't do that either. So they can't. You know, football has to go on. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's like you have to manage the situation. It's like Max says, the numbers are, are shooting up. You know, they're now talking about you have to have three double jabs to get into football matches and that. Now, how they police that, I've got absolutely no idea. Is a club going to insist on seeing, you know, COVID passports and that before a player gets allowed in? I don't know. It's just... 
like I said, the rules change all the time, and, and it's difficult to keep up with them. It's difficult to understand how FIFA and that are going to manage them. You know, if there is a, a big spike after the international, you know, was there not something whereby the I can't remember it's FIFA or, or somebody says they're not going to force clubs to release players if they're not comfortable with it. I don't know, but it's you know, it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a sticky area to, to go over. The whole COVID, just, just, you know, rules uh, and, and regulations. Liam, Liam Quinn came out there, lads. Yeah, right. Uh, said yes, because uh, Celtic won't release our players to red list countries, but let Kyogre and Roderick go because they were played in neutral venues. I think there was a few clubs in England as well. Man City didn't let a few of their Brazilian players actually travel to Brazil. Like, you know what I mean? So, it's right, like... Yeah, they're quite yeah. today, Paul. I mean, yeah. I don't know if... It, in the wages market, in the day, like, you know what I mean? See, I know Barry's you know about the pride you play for your country and that. I mean, you know, I've not much of a fan of international football, so that wouldn't come into it. But if you're playing for Man City getting 200 grand a week and they're telling you, no, you're not getting out there. You're not yeah. going, in my opinion. Well, Barry, it's amazing, too, like, that elite footballers, half them, or even most of them, aren't even vaccinated yet. I thought that would have been a, an absolute regulation. And the thing is as well, if, if, you know, if you've got the opportunity to, to get the vaccination, I, I struggle to find out, uh, I struggle to understand why you wouldn't. Um, you know, with the results that it's shown, you know, that it's, it's been proven that it's, you know, it, it can't stop you getting the virus, but it can stop you getting, you know, ill health. Sick, yeah, exactly. you know, I, I could play it down, but... You know what? Who am I to judge, Paul? I don't know. You know, if these guys decide for whatever reason that they don't want the, the vaccinations, like that's their entitlement. That's their entitlement, Paul. But it's still yeah. the same as the rest is. They need to follow the rules. Whether yeah. the rules are whether you don't. If the rules are there, you need to stick with them. See, that's the problem as well, Mark. Like, well, I have spoken about that before. You'd have thought even, I know. You'd have thought the SPL or whoever would have SFA all club together, like even just like yeah, bought vaccinations for. Do you get what I mean? They like made it that kind of deal that. Oh, I just don't know. Could you go and get vaccinated privately? No, I think you. Are they still? Uh, is, do you do it by age in in Scotland? Is it an age group that you do? We go. It was weird that, I don't know, Paul, it was really weird that, well, they were, were speaking about Mikey. Mikey's wife's a nurse and been working in a hospital all through it. My wife's you know, my, my been working in a shop all the way through it and she only yeah. got first jag a few weeks ago. So you know what it is. I know how the, how the day determined when your time is, but again, with the money in football, across, across football everywhere in the world, you think that there'd be some kind of thing to get players... Because you were one of the few people as well that were travelling and mixing with other people. See, I thought there would have been some kind of way to make sure that all the players were vaccinated as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that happened. Uh, that's it for tonight, lads. Uh, for myself, I think uh, this show seems we were talking about COVID and one of our own lads heard the podcast is, uh, is suffering badly from COVID. Uh, I think, Mark, we should dedicate this podcast to, to Mickey. Uh, hope he gets well and uh, get well soon. Well, we're all here, everybody. Uh, thanks to Barry as always, giving us a good uh, analysis on on squad players as well tonight. And Mark, yourself again, close the show, buddy. Hey, thanks for everything, Paul. Thanks very much for joining us again, Barry. You're more than welcome. It's always a good show when you come on. Thanks.
Thanks to everybody that's joined us in the live chat. Remember, if you've not subscribed, please do hit the like button. And if you know how to, please leave a comment. Hail, hail. Good night. God bless. 